On today's Howard Stern Show. Ask Wendy. Oh, yes. My boyfriend. Kimball, Kimball. Kimball, 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 Kimball. My dear friend Jimmy Kimball. I feel like smacking myself. That's love. Kimball, 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 Kim
Okay, so what you end up with is, again, it's hard to do midair, but let's say it's like this. Yeah. And then this tissue goes over. Oh, that like part. That. Yeah, and wraps around. Uh-huh. Of course, it in- interferes with some interferes. of the porn. Yeah, it shortens your screen. Well, the trick <laughs> is to get it this way so that you so you see most of the porn, so that it doesn't block your porn. I see. Helpful tip for people out there. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, me beating off. That'd be a valuable oh, my video. Goodness. Yeah. 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 By the way, you you'd uh, have to give up everything because they would rant, you know, like they just say, look, we're going to put this on the Internet if you don't pay us. Right. Right. I've actually gotten calls like that. You get robocalls that go, yeah. hey, we see you watching porn and we have video of it. Oh, really? and I know they don't. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten that before. <laughs> and you just ignore it. And it's like, you know what? Would it really affect my career, if people saw me beating off, they'd probably be like, yeah, of course he beats off. He talks about it every five minutes. That's right. Yeah. But the goofy faces I make might not be so good for my career. And, That's what I'm and your about. penis, you know, if you, can, if you can see that. Yeah, I, the way I have it balanced, though, it's aimed at my head. So I don't even think you oh. see my penis. You know you what I mean? You just see the faces. Yeah. By the way, welcome to my TED Talk. I don't know if you've seen it up there on TED Talk. Uh, it's Howard Stern talks about how to wrap your phone with <laughs> tissue when you're beating off. It's a, it's a short video. It's a 10-minute explanation of how to, <laughs> how to handle it. <laughs> it's a master class on masturbation. You got to have um, the right uh, phone case. Yeah, you got to get this phone case. It's excellent. <laughs> All right, John Hine is saying that your explanation on the Apple deal is mostly correct. He says he has some kind of information. Well, I only heard a little bit of, yeah, running in here. So what is it, Hit John? with the Hine! No, Robin, you pretty much nailed it. The scary thing is uh, what happens is you get, like, you know how sometimes you get through iMessage, you get these weird texts that, you know, yes. you're like, what is this? So what they did was they send that iMessage, and then through that, you don't have to click on it or anything. The spyware just gets on your phone and then it ah. enables and then they can do anything. They can turn your camera on. They could send the, they could do anything. On so it. if they just text you, that's good enough. That yeah. gets wow. you called, in. Yeah. Right. It's, it's called a zero click exploit because right. people who have devices are unlikely to realize you've been hacked because you haven't done anything necessarily. And this well. came from, it's actually spyware that was done by a government sent to another country so they can spy on them and their software without necessarily letting them know that they were doing it. It's scary stuff, but Apple did issue a fix. Everybody should update their systems um, um, if they haven't already immediately, and it blocks this spyware. But you're kidding yourself if you don't think this stuff is going on with all your devices. As Howard's saying, if you're jerking off, if you, be prepared to have the video of you jerking off all over the world because... It's, they could already do it at this point. Do the tissue. Uh, look up my TED can, Talk. Can, can we stop the show right now? I have to have this done. <laughs> what do you have that, uh, believe me, if they went on my computer, nothing that interesting, except maybe when I, I text you. I don't you. know what they might put on my computer. It's not only what oh. they can take off. I see. It's what they might put on. You never know what they might do. Yeah. Well. I think you'd be bored to death with my computer, but hey, uh, my 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 IT team, of course, uh, Matt and Jeff, please get on that immediately, and whatever Robin's talking about, please address. 
Thank you. <laughs> That's I sent out that text too. Could you do mine? <laughs> yeah, everybody, quickly, spring into action. Today's a good day to spring into action. But uh, I'm thinking about these. Said, well, wait a minute. I usually look at my computer, which is an Apple. Uh, or a Mac and, and, you know, go over what's happening on the New York Times and, you know, and I'm like, I'm afraid. Hmm. Never seen you this afraid. Sad. Well, this thing could be looking at me already. <laughs> Imagine the, ma- the, the hackers go to the trouble of getting on like, like, um, John Hines phone and all they get is like video of him watching Gilligan's Island reruns, you know, for his book, for an update on his book. Hit him with the- Oh, um, you know, Tom Arnold has um, been on our show many times, and uh, he wants to get on real quick. He has a conspiracy theory. Oh, I believe I believe it's about my vacation or or really? Yeah, I, I was just you know. Did he's got you a take lot of this theory. time off because of something? He claims he knows. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Tom. Hey, uh, uh, Howard. Howard. Hey, buddy. I, I heard you say uh, it's not a it's not a conspiracy uh, theory. I just have a uh, I, all right. I I have a question for you, and uh, I I just I need you to be honest, okay? Sure, I'm always honest. All right. Uh, so, I did you relapse? Relapse? Did I what? Uh, from what? Are you on heroin again? <laughs> well, wait a second. First of all, before you say something like that, I was never on heroin. Yeah, you can't even answer okay, that look. question. No, hey, hold on, Robin. Now, uh, Howard, you can be honest with me, buddy. You're only as healthy as your secrets, okay? <laughs> but, Tom, I'm not a heroin addict. I've, I've actually, I think by accident in college, somebody told me it was Coke, and I tried heroin, but I sniffed, you know, snorted it, but... That's it. That's the extent. I've I've never done heroin. Okay, I, I don't know that. I just I just noticed that you haven't been at work at all. But Tom, I was on vacation. Why can't that be the explanation? He announced that he was going on vacation, and that that's part of but, you know what we do now. For but for a few months, you're on vacation for a few months. Yes. Yes. Okay. Is it ketamine? Is that what you're doing? Ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> what ketamine? Look, hey, Howard, listen, I'm just, listen, I'm, I'm in recovery, okay? I know a lot right. of radio people, and uh, I know that you radio guys are, uh, I was at a, uh, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I was at a Narcotics Anonymous meeting last week with Rush Limbaugh, and I know that you guys like doing drugs. But that's not possible. Rush Limbaugh's been dead for six months. Oh, is, is he, uh, you know what, it might have been another deaf guy. Okay, I'm, I'm just calling to make sure that you haven't relapsed. I'm not a drug addict. Okay, you so know he thought Rush Limbaugh was off the air because of that. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, well, when you bring that up, Howard, I realize maybe he he is dead. It might have been somebody else, but uh, I'm just—it sounds to me like you're in denial. I've never. I'm. I'm. I'm not doing any drugs. Okay, see that's that's what a drug addict would say. But I'm not a drug addict. Oh yeah, you're not a drug addict, sure. And I loved uh, having sex with Roseanne. Why? Why won't you believe me? You know, I, I was uh, again. I, I shouldn't say this out loud. I was at a cocaine anonymous meeting with uh, one of those uh, 
uh, uh, boy, I don't know if it was uh, InSync or uh, maybe he was uh, one of those Backstreet Boys. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, he might have been one of those Korean kids. Uh, Tom, don't say anybody's name. It's anonymous. Uh, I got to go. I got a lot to catch up on here, okay? So I'm going to go. Uh, all right. You know what? You're right. It should be anonymous. Just promise me that if you're thinking of smoking crack, you will call me first. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll call you first. You know that. I consider you a friend. Uh, yeah. Are you brushing me off? Oh, my God. Are you high right now? <laughs> I got to go. All right. Well, you know, denial's not a river in Egypt, buddy. I'm here to help. Lay off the pipe, buddy. Crack is whack. I'm a little worried about Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Tom. I love cocaine. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I should say, I, I should have, I should have, that was Craig. Craig Gass. Sounds just like Tom. He does Tom, a great doesn't Tom Arnold. Doesn't he? I thought that was Tom Arnold acting with you. <laughs> I knew you had, I knew, I knew he had you fooled. That's why I had to say That's it. That's right. I thought that was the real Tom Arnold. Yeah. And I was like, maybe we should send somebody to Tom's house. <laughs> well, Craig got in touch with me the other day and he goes, hey, do a, a, a Tom Arnold. And I'm like, really? I mean, why? I mean, we have Tom on all the time anyway. And he'll say all oh, kind of wacky shit. He goes, well, I do with Tom Arnold, just if you want to know. And he started uh, he started in with me about how I was gone for the summer for being a drug addict. And I said, Jesus Christ, you sound, just like, <laughs> you sound just like Tom Arnold, man. That I said, was you, fantastic. I said, you got to call in and do that, man. And uh, Does so. Tom know somebody does him? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Tom is honored. I mean, I wish somebody could do an impression of me. Nobody seems to be able to really get it like... Jimmy Fallon has it down a little bit, like he can do little things, but right, you know. But nobody I I, so that you could be completely fooled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no one does me. You know. That was great, Craig. Yeah, I, I wanted to give him a, a little attribution. He does a lot of great voices. He's the guy who does Sam Kennison, and he does. Uh, Al Pacino. Al Pacino's Al Pacino. baby. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. He's a very talented guy. Very funny guy. Anyway, uh, I wanted to share that with you this morning, Robin, because you were so kind to share the Apple story. <laughs> Make me paranoid. Well, thank you for that gift. I gave you one. Now you've given me back. That was Craig funny. does. Craig does Gene Simmons, too. And I think he does Gary. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he does Baba Booey. Anyway, he's good. Um, what do you want? What do you want to do? Because there's so much to talk about. I got so many. I got phony phone calls we made over the summer. I got a five minute phony phone call where um, that's like an epic. We now just seem to mostly call these conservative radio shows uh. that are so wacky. It's got so wacky. Um. Somebody says, who, who was telling me that now who's anti-vax? I'm getting attacked a lot because uh, I, it seemed my comments went everywhere about, you know, hey, everyone should get a vaccine. That's so outrageous. Evidently, that's an outrageous thought that people should get vaccinated. Nobody else the, is saying that. <laughs> uh, I, very few people, I guess. I didn't realize. But uh, it was weird. Like, um, I was just reading this morning that Nicki Minaj who I think's been on our show, right? No. No? 
She was never on our show? No, that was Cardi B. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> well, but Nicki Minaj, I thought it was Nicki Minaj. <laughs> but anyway, she came out and said that um, her friend took the vaccine and went um, impotent. So, you know, people hear that. You know, Nicki Minaj has a that, big following. Yeah, that's one of the rumors. She doesn't have any friend. No, because here's the weird thing. Hey, hey, Wolfie, do you mind if I talk about your mom? Remember we had Wolfie's mom on and she refused yeah. to get vaccinated, but she's still not vaccinated. She hasn't gotten vaccinated. I told you, if she got, you remember she got delayed. She went and did yeah. the shingles first. And then they said, you can't do this vaccine. You have to come back. I knew right. the further she got away from our talk, the less likely she was to have a vaccine. Hey, Wolfie, can I tell that story about your mom being interviewed in the newspaper? Yes, you're yeah. cool. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So here's the cool if thing. If it was in the paper, of course you can. No, 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 no. This is really heavy. Like, really? Yeah. Wolfie was telling me that his mom never got vaccinated, even though we had her on the air and we spent like, I don't even know how much time with her, like 15 minutes. Don't you want to see your grandchildren? Blah, 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 blah. But she's still not vaccinated. Do I have that right, Wolfie? Correct. Still not vaccinated. Yeah. And she still hasn't seen her grandchildren. Yeah, not in... It's, it, I don't even know the last time. It's been a long time. Crazy. I mean, that is crazy. And um, so anyway, Wolfie's mom somehow was interviewed in a newspaper, not because she's Wolfie's mom, but somebody was doing a report on people and stuff. And she said she told the reporter that she got the vaccine and started listing all the side effects that she got from it. But she's never, <sighs> no, you know what I mean? Howard. What? correction no so she uh she never she never said that she got the vaccine but oh. in in the article she she told the interviewer that she had covid in january oh and, and went through all of these major uh, health issues uh lung problems but she used vitamin d to fight through it and she doesn't want people to live in fear but the point is, she never had COVID. You spoke to her. Yeah, you spoke to her last May. And in that conversation, she never brought it up that she had COVID in January. It was It's a complete lie. Oh, good. I'm glad you uh, got that story out there. Because my point is, when you hear Nicki Minaj saying her friend is impotent, you know, that's like me saying, you know, I took the vaccine and my nose got big. I mean, my nose was big before I, you know, that's, that's a pretty heavy statement. That certainly would scare people away. And then if like Wolfie's mom is saying, well, I had COVID and all I needed was vitamin D and it went completely, you know, this is the kind of misinformation that's going around. Now, why and then, would um, your mom say that? I don't even understand that. This, Some of the, yeah, is, yeah. It was so disturbing. When, when someone, someone sent me to this and just said, I do not reveal me as the source. Because no one brought it up. It was in, in her local newspaper in January, and I didn't find out about it until June. Did you call her about it? No, I, I, I don't even know how to, to bring up that conversation. It, it's so disturbing. I, I don't even know what to say. Is there any chance that it could be a woman with the same name in the same area? Seriously? No. Uh, no. No. The, the article is so specific. She, uh, she oh. references her sister dying of COVID, which was true. Uh, right. so many details that it, it, it's 100% my mom. Wow. 
Yeah, well, you know, I hate to tell, maybe this will get people vaccinated. Robin took the vaccine and now she has G cups on her brassiere. <laughs> I have a friend who got G cups. Yeah. Yeah. We should start the other movement. Like, yeah, my IQ went up 35 points. I'm now a genius. I quit my job. I'm now I'm back in college. I'm it's three spiking. inches longer. Yeah. <laughs> Someone told us. So the guys told me this morning that our buddy uh, Jim Brewer put out some sort of statement. I think he was attacking me, but Jim's a friend, so he didn't want to attack me by name. But he goes, um, rich radio personalities with butlers. I guess I have a butler now. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's talking about me. I resent that. (laughs) Evidently, uh, Robin does have a butler. (laughs) If you're going to attack me because I, it, it doesn't make sense. I noticed like Alex Jones goes, Howard's Hollywood, Hollywood, Howard. I mean, first of all, I grew up poorer than any of these guys. Where Jim Brewer grew up or Alex Jones grew up was, it was considered, um, uh, you were wealthy where you, if you grew up on those, uh, those areas. But what does had, that have to do with anything? It has nothing. Here's, here's where I get my information from. I accept the information of the CDC, our government, Dr. Fauci, and the fact that the FDA now has even approved of this life-saving vaccine. That's where I got, I don't have, it has nothing to do with my butler. It has nothing (laughs) to do with me being um, uh, on the radio and making a good living. It has nothing to do with being liberal, not a liberal, hardly. If 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 I gave you all my views on things, you would think I was ultra conservative. But I do try, if I can't trust the FDA, if I can't trust the Board of Elections, if I can't, tr- if I can't trust the whole system we've set up, then there's chaos. There's anarchy. That's right. You know, it's not but me. Ron, what did he, what did he say? Uh, he basically know, said that. Radio personality. I, you know what? <laughs> I didn't even hear what the guys were telling me, but it was, I think he's attacking. I don't know. First of all, there's very few rich radio personalities. That's number one. <laughs> so it, you, it narrows the, fl- the flood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at the not the, too many the, people to pick from. If you look at the average income or the mean income of uh, the medium in- median income of the radio guys, it's about thirty thousand dollars. Maybe not even. It's probably eighteen thousand dollars. It's below minimum wage. But. Um, you know how much I love Jim and everything, but dude, it's got nothing to do with me being successful on the radio. In fact, try to get your advice from successful people, people who went to medical school. Stop, stop getting it from witch doctors and, 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 and hucksters and, and, and people making up stories about treating their COVID with vitamin D. My my mom sends me articles all the time that she wants me to read. And then when you look at the news source, it's always stuff like PatriotShield.com or like these, right. these weird places that are not news organizations at, at all. These these organizations are, um, I believe, part of a plot to undo our country, to, to shake yeah, people's belief. Yeah, they're propaganda machines. You know, when Trump would go around before the, the first election that he won, and he'd already start screaming that the election was fixed because he had no confidence that he'd win. And then he won. And then he shut up. He was like, oh, my God, I won. It's perfectly <laughs> <You know>. legal. <laughs> it was a legal election. And then they got this kook out in uh, California. 
Larry Elder, who uh, believes slave owners deserve reparations. I am, um, uh, you know, he... He's already been screaming the elections fix because he's not going to win in California. California is not going to go. California's still got some sensible people there. Uh, this guy, Larry well, he's Elder, really though. good because he's saying both things at the same time. Yes. You know, they had him on tape saying, no, I think everybody should vote and everything's great. And then he has these organizations that are putting out messages that it's rigged. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case he loses. That's right. He's so as long as things. as long as we keep, you know becoming a conspiracy theorist and not getting information from reliable sources that are vetted. We're doomed. Uh, that'll be the end of this country, the way we love it and the way we know it. You talk about your freedoms being taken away. Uh, it'll really You're be giving taken them away. away by not being informed properly, you know, actually finding out who's telling you these things yeah. you think you should believe. And why do you believe so much? Why don't you go find out things for yourself? By the way, I don't know anything about science. I flunk science almost. And so I don't trust myself, in case Jim's listening, I don't trust myself to, I, I don't know anything about science, but the guy I do trust is a, a very well-known researcher and doctor. His name is Dr. Agus. He got a medical degree, and I check in with him regularly. And he tells me about, uh, yeah, you're going to need a booster shot. You got it. You know, the vaccine works really effectively. He's he's talked to me about taking a baby aspirin every day to prevent cancer. Uh, I, I, ad, I admire him to prevent stroke, Howard. <laughs> no, 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 no. I guess to prevent stroke. That's true. But to prevent cancer. Now, baby aspirin prevents cancer. He wrote a whole book on it. It's fascinating that um, he's saying the bark of trees, which is what aspirin is. It is a tremendous deterrent against cancer. Uh, cancer hates aspirin. Go figure. But okay, I didn't make this up. I went to a medical doctor and read his book, and he's a I'm researcher. To worry about you and Doctor Higgins. <laughs> well, where am I going to get medical information from? From well, from, you do have to have trusted authorities that am you I gonna can listen? go to in in various uh, situations. Am I going to listen to Nicki Minaj, whose friend can't get it up? I don't know what his deal is. Or am I going to listen to Dr. Agus, Dr. Fauci, the government, the uh, the uh, FDA? I mean, you know, who are you going to trust? Well, the other thing is, Howard, people are still trusting the FDA for other things, even yeah. though they won't listen to them on vaccine. I mean, Jim's been um, public about his wife's health issues and stuff, and I guarantee you she goes to a doctor and takes all kinds of uh, treatments. That were approved by the FDA. Exactly. <laughs> I don't get it. Why this? Why is this the thing that isn't uh, good? It's just, you know, hey, man, I'm I'm really not looking to politicize this. I, I believe in taking the vaccine. But what does Jim believe? I really want to know. I don't know. Like, Maybe what did he say? What was the conclusion after you're a rich radio guy? Yeah, the, the attack is either I'm Hollywood which I'm the least, I mean, okay, I'm hot. Okay, I guess I, I well, guess that's not do, a bad what is thing. Your, what do you get out of having people take vaccines? I don't know. The only thing I get is, is that our country can be rid of this in the way we were rid of polio, measles, mumps, 
All of these diseases is what I'm after getting rid of. This We need science to do this for us because we're at war and our bodies aren't equipped to deal with these new these new uh, variants and, and viruses. They're not. But that's we're not going to win. Altruistic. What do you get out of it? That's ex- I want to be able to walk out of my house without a mask on and not have to worry about, you know, uh, getting on an airplane and visiting my kids and all that other stuff. Uh, that's what I'm after. I'm after my parents being able to leave their apartment because they're elderly. I'm after um, uh, young children being able to go back to school without masks. I, this is, I'm, ha- I'm after our economy getting back. You're in not full trying swing. to get into any group. You know, no, like I'm not Hollywood. trying to win anybody over. <laughs> I'm not, you know. And trying to be uh, one of those people. What, 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 Gary, what was it? What was it you were going to say? You know, it's so interesting because Jim's been um, on this train long before the other day. And um, like early on when they started doing the mask thing, Jim put out this thing on Instagram. It's in front of his house and he takes a deep breath and, you know, lets out the air and he goes, "Ah, freedom. You know what? I think I want to be free today. You know, I don't like being told what to do. And And I remember just being so bummed out because Jim's been on our show a gazillion times and he's a really good guy. I've been to baseball games with him and stuff, but Love it was a time. It was a time when you know Jim and I hung out at a time where nobody knew each other's politics. Like I had no idea yeah. that this, this was his thing. And then I think the world when he, was when he out. delivered his message, did he do it as goat boy? Because that would be funny. No, no, no. He's, <laughs> but but it's, but he's been you know right from the get go. He's not bought into the masks, not bought into the, <laughs> How do you the not virus, buy into not, a mask? Doctors are wearing them in hospitals and avoiding getting COVID. Look. And, this and is all- notice, Howard, that they kept putting more and more shields between themselves <laughs> and the patients as yep. they learned more about the virulence of this disease. So soon they were all wearing face shields, so not anything could get close to them to make them sick. No offense, but I get I don't get my advice from Goat Boy. I get it from Church Lady. oh here's jim's quote if you honestly knew what your favorite tv star radio star sports star late night talk show host did behind closed doors really knew you wouldn't follow or listen to them at all they're following an agenda yeah i think he's going down that road i think he thinks that there's like what does that mean uh, i think he thinks that there's a group of you know, like an uh, inner circle, and they yeah, have like, like a, you, Jimmy Kimmel, Jennifer yeah. Aniston. You guys get together on vacation, and you try to, you know, uh, decide how you're going to rule the world along with George Soros. Wow, going on that path. You here's and Rachel dirty... and Jimmy Kimmel are figuring out. How here's to here's the dirty secret. I only <laughs> wish. I only wish that was really. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Jim, and I love Jim, and he knows that. Uh, I think he's a tremendous talent. But uh, exactly, that makes me laugh to this day. You can't help it. But listen to me. I have no other agenda than to see this country healed of this virus. There are so many people dying and dying horrible deaths. That's my whole agenda. It's got nothing to do with politics. I don't. What does Jim to- say to the family uh, that I heard about this morning on the on TV? This w- pregnant woman and her husband. Both got COVID. They went into the hospital. The wife died. And a few days later, the baby died because they had to deliver the baby. And then the husband died. And they have five children. Well, living children. I, well I first of all, Hans and Franz weighed in on the vaccine. Did and they say, they say you should take it. I think Hans and Franz are saying <laughs> that. No, but here's my point. Let's say... 
the argument is that I'm in some sort of um, special group where we get together and decide to fuck the rest of you up. And you tell them to wear a mask to do it. Yeah. And and my secret is, yeah, I'm going to get the whole country wearing masks. It's kind of like my goof on you, all of you, (laughs) (laughs) because it's funny to see you wearing masks or something like that. Or I have some agenda to get you to wear a mask. And then the next thing you know, I'm going to take away all your freedoms. Somehow. Why isn't I mean, why isn't Jim in on that, too? He's in show business. They make it seem like I'm the only one in show business. He's he's a performer. He he performs in clubs and, and on TV. Uh, why is he not in on it? Why am I in on it and he's not? There seem to be two show businesses, Howard. There's the one oh. that you're in, and then there's the one that Jim and Joe Rogan and all these other guys are in, and apparently you won't let them into your group. So <laughs> really? In a, My group? In, I, yeah. Pretty much I've never been in any group. I mean, Nobody even wants it. I don't even get invited to parties. I went over to Steve Martin's house once. I guess maybe that's where I got inducted into this this group. So... No offense to Jim, I, and I again, I reiterate, There's I love Jim. There's fantasy out there about your social life, apparently. Y- yes. Jim <laughs> is 50 times more Hollywood than I am. He worked for Lorne Michaels. He was on NBC on, on Saturday Night Live. He is a nightclub performer. He is a, 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 a desired guest on talk shows. He is a, a friend to Metallica. I mean, I don't know. It, it, he is... Way more showbiz than me. So why is he, why am I showbiz and he's not? And why am I in special groups? You mean he's smarter than me? I didn't know and- he harbored this uh, resentment of yeah. uh, other people in show business. Well, I think this all was... This all started when they started printing my comments about how people should take the vaccine and that the unvaccinated should not be allowed to go in these hospitals and clog them up. They decided not to get healthy. But apparently um, he had these feelings before, you know, that you had some secret life that you weren't revealing to everybody, you know, where well, you were meeting and trying to take over the world. I do you don't know just do that when the COVID-19 hits. Well, maybe that's uh, a jealousy thing, I guess. I, I guess people, God, don't be jealous of me. You know, Howard, not- I've spoken to him about you a lot, and and he he's never even hinted at jealousy towards you. It's been the opposite. No, I mean, I've I had know. long conversations with, where he has just praised you beyond belief, and I do believe that he loves you, but I think he's off on this whole other thing now that I don't fully understand. Yeah, we we used to email each other all the time. I mean, we haven't emailed in a while, but and he always said to me, "Hey, I don't want to bother you," but you know, blah 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 blah, and I'd be back. Hey, no, you're not bothering me. Blah blah blah. I'm happy, so happy to talk to you. But uh, but when did he discover you were in this group? I just, that's the thing. You were hiding it or something. Because now, ladies and knows. gentlemen, <laughs> let me tell you about conspiracy theories and all. <laughs> you know, like Sirhan Sirhan, you know, killed didn't kill Bobby Kennedy with somebody else. And this whole, you know, ivermectin. This is not coming from any legitimate doctors. You know, it's not coming from any legitimate sources. And I know it's fun. It's like fun to believe in UFOs and it's fun to. And to believe you're superhuman and can't get COVID, I guess. Yeah. It's all fun to think that in a way it's almost like a a preoccupation or a distraction to like think about all these things. Make It's almost like 
It reminds me of this new TV show, the Steve Martin. Like they're they're running around trying to solve crimes. It, it's just fun. <laughs> it's like it, it's like, but something but to no, do with your time. Yeah, yeah, but there's just not that much intrigue going on in the world. No, actually, I, I, they have the group because they're all reading the same materials and and on mm. message boards with each other and and you know communicating with their group of of people who believe the same things they do. Anyway, just please believe me. I've not been to any special meetings where there's an agenda. I only wish there were special meetings where people had an agenda. It would be almost comforting that somebody you has some agenda. You hooked up with Jimmy Kimmel hoping he knew something. <laughs> I've yet to be invited in. When I do, I'll, I'll report to you immediately. There's no fucking special place where celebrities get together with George Soros and eat babies. and, and It just doesn't <laughs> exist. It, it doesn't happen. You're just trying to get through life. Everybody, me included. But you know what? I, this is like one of those Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah. It's frustrating and annoying. All of a sudden, the neighborhood believes you're an alien. And they're running around trying to kill you because you came here on a spaceship or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's what's happening Oh, by so, the way, before we get off the COVID thing for one second, I have to ask, do you think not only did Tom Brady win the Super Bowl last year when nobody thought that would ever happen without him being with um, his coach from the New England Patriots, but it he might have won it with COVID. A day, you know, they had that party where he was on that boat and you saw him being walked off the boat and he looked kind of drunk and everything. He now says that the day after that, he tested positive for COVID. And then he is Superman. Uh, that's what I'm saying. But a lot of people say, you see, Tom Brady had it and got over it. There is no way any of you are like uh, Tom Brady. You don't do well, anything actually, like Tom Brady. There's a lot of people who get COVID, never know they have it. I mean, there are some people who don't have any reaction to it. Maybe right. a sniffle or two, and that's it. But so. this is what people use as evidence. You see, Tom yeah. Brady had it and won the Super Bowl. And I'm like, you're nothing like Tom Brady. <laughs> don't anyway, use a lot him of, as an example of what you can survive. A lot of fans uh, wrote me about all this uh Howard, no one is channeling my thoughts better than you, explaining how it's time to say enough to these arrogantly ignorant people taking over our country and destroying our society. Thank you, Howard, for being the voice of the voiceless. Believe me, I'm no hero. What I said was not all that outrageous. I guess just nobody's willing to say it. Thank you, Howard, for being the voice of the voiceless for those who believe in science. We need someone with your reach to say exactly what we're all thinking. Yeah, like um, a lot of people tell me, Howard, you don't get it. We're talking about, we don't care if you take the vaccine. You can take it. We don't want mandates. No. In order for this to work, we need a mandate. We The mandate is clear. Everyone has to take it. Same with polio. If you stop taking the polio vaccine, polio will come back. It'll come back. You know, all these diseases we managed to get rid of will come back. And this started uh, with the vaccines, you know, when... Uh, What's-her-name was running around, and all these people were running around. Vaccines are bad. They cause autism. They cause all these problems. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, everybody's all fucking paranoid about uh, getting rid of COVID. But 
Anyway. And now everybody thinks they can do their own research. They know research. Because of the Internet, it's it's just gone berserk. <laughs> we have someone in our life who is not vaccinated and, you know, personally. And uh, the whole rap in the family is uh, he's very smart. He's done his research. He's done his research. And we go, yeah, more than Dr. Agus, more than Dr. Fauci, more than every medical and scientist. Really? This guy, and I know this guy, he, he, he was no scientist. <laughs> He's reading a website, and he found something. <laughs> there were over 100,000 new cases of COVID yesterday in the United States. That's what we're dealing with. Uh, Howard, I was too cheap to pay for a SiriusXM subscription until Howard made the news for stating the obvious. Exactly. When few others will. Happy new subscriber here, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tired of people sitting on the, the sidelines and letting all this go on. Well, sitting on the fence, you know, they're going to, like someone mm. said yesterday, they're going to have it both ways. They're going to show you the anti-vax statement and the vax statement. Uh, here's a guy who bashed me again. There are still guys out there who want. Howard, how can you sit here and judge people the way you do with all the misconceptions about the vaccine? There's no misconception. With all the misconceptions about the vaccines, people are legitimately scared. Get off your high horse. What are you no one's more scared than me. I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Paranoid, but I took the vaccine. I've taken it twice. Everyone I know has taken it twice. Everybody's fine. Stop it. And believe the news when you see these people, they're, they're laying in the hospital bed with the, with the tubes up their nose and they're going, I wish I took the vaccine. What do you think? The people go, I don't trust the media. What, what, what are they? What are those actors? What are, you, what are you now, Alex Jones? Everyone's an actor, and and and, and uh, yeah, they're setting uh, up, they're staging everything now. Either you believe we landed on the moon, or you don't. And if you don't, get out of my country. Get out. You're too stupid to live here. Um, You're too stupid to have freedom. People need to take care of you. One listener was upset that I compared the polio vaccine to the COVID vaccine. Here's the difference between the polio vaccine and the COVID vaccine. The polio vaccine began development in the 1930s. And an effective vaccine didn't come out until 23 years later. It wasn't developed in nine months. They had long-term data. You have no idea oh, what oh, you're putting Oh, and we haven't learned body. anything since then. <laughs> well, they, you've said it. That's the truth. <laughs> so. Very compelling argument. Yeah. Yeah, most of the attacks on me from, like, right-wing media... Because now suddenly I'm a liberal and I'm full of shit. They, they they seem to not really be able to attack me on anything scientific. And again, because I'm not a scientist and they're not a scientist, but the scientists all agree that this vaccine works and it's safe. Um, so they, they there's this thing where like I'm this Hollywood insider who's living the high life, and I admit my life's pretty great. I love my life. I've always have. Even when I worked at WRNW in Westchester, made $6 an hour or whatever, I $4 an hour, something like that. But somehow now that I'm successful, I'm bad. But the whole basis of this country is try to be successful at what you do and work hard, and then we'll admire you. But suddenly the big criticism of me is that I'm a successful radio personality. Well, I mean, I wasn't even invited to the Met Gala last night. 
I've never once been invited. You'd think if I'm in this club, you'd think they'd invite me so I could take my wife and, you know, march her around. Yeah, then you could say, oh, maybe he's in some kind of club. But only a very few people get invited to the Met Gala. Yeah. Why am I not invited? (laughs) Whatever the Met Gala is. I watched, uh, last night I laid in bed with my wife and I watched the MTV Awards. Boy, if you want to feel old, I didn't know who anyone was except the Foo Fighters. And then they did this weird thing where the only people who presented these awards... All the performers were people I never heard of. You know, that's how out of it I am. But the people like Madonna, Cindy Lauper, a couple other people, iconic, you know, names. Right. They presented. You know. <laughs> they didn't perform, they presented awards. Uh huh. Yeah, and I was going to thing- watch it last night, but I couldn't find it. I didn't tape it. And so I expected to be able to stream it, and they hadn't put it up yet. Don't watch it because, first of all, you get annoyed. It's just <laughs> fucking annoying. First of all, it appears that um, heavyset gals now love to be almost in like thongs. Well, show uh, their here's giant the answers. deal now, Howard. There is no body shaming. Yeah. No more. People wear what they want to wear. Yeah. I'm... And there's no law that says a girl of a certain size can't wear a thong. It's Shame. amazing. <laughs> There's no shaming. Times are a changing. Like you, usually, your mother pulls you aside and says, uh, "Listen, oh, this isn't no, a good no, look." No, 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 no. Shame. No. The biggest star appears to be this woman Doja Cat, who yeah, I have no the clue. Host, right? She was like the host, and she wears weird outfits. She's a good-looking girl, but uh, I, I don't know. Every minute, Doja Cat, and but anyway, like. The the people that I wanted to see perform, they only get to present the awards. They get to talk, uh, and every and and I'm getting so uh, weird about new music that, first of all, like Justin Bieber, I didn't know he was there. He sang a song. I didn't know it was him. He wore a hoodie. Yeah, I saw him in a clip, and I was like, "Is that Justin Bieber?" Because he didn't even sound like himself. And he's a nice looking guy. I mean, I should go to the hoodie look. Because you can't see a thing. You can't see the kid's face. <laughs> and the and the grabbing of the penis. Every guy does that now when they perform. It's like a thing. You have to grab your penis. You have to show people you have one, yes. Yeah. It's like, hey, here's my penis. <laughs> I mean, I grab my penis to see if I still have one. <laughs> uh, then there was a whole red carpet thing. Machine Gun Kelly, who we've had on the show. He, yes. He he shows up with, of course, his squeeze, who is Megan Fox. Uh, Fox, right? Megan Fox, who's a fox. It's weird when your name actually is. <laughs> How who did you she are. get that name? They knew. <laughs> like her parents knew she would be a fox. <laughs> but um, she was n- almost naked, and even she she's got a perfect body by anyone's standards, but she's so naked. And the string going up her asshole that even like her ass looks weird because it's just weird when you're wearing high heels and you're walking around naked. You know what I mean? It's like when you, all you can think about is Jesus Christ. It's like, like, yeah, you spent all that time getting dressed and then you forgot to put on clothes. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's weird. But like, um, I was reading an interview 
where she was describing how this came about. Like she was just about naked. It was like a little thong and a bra top and then it's all see through. Like, Everything like almost like, yeah. yeah. A gorgeous woman. And, but it was so hot. Even the way she describes it is hot. She said, um, you know, the way I came up with this outfit is, um, Machine Gun Kelly dressed me for this. And he said to me, baby, for the MTV Awards, you're going to be naked. And I said, yes, daddy. Oh, my God. That gave me a boner. Um, We're like, living in I, bizarro world, though. I have got all these ultra conservatives and then yeah. naked people <laughs> <laughs> running around. But isn't that hot? She goes, yes, daddy. No, that's stupid. Tell Try it, it out. a guy tell you what to do. <laughs> I, I'm really against that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just try it out. Robin, you're going to be nude at the MTV Awards. I see something growing. What is that? Stop it. No, no, don't give me the fuck you. Just say yes, daddy. Try it. See how hot it is. Anyway, um, then the biggest drama didn't happen on TV. It like happened on the red carpet, evidently. Machine Gun Kelly got into... This is a guy you don't want to fight with. Machine Gun Kelly got into a fight with Conor McGregor, the great... Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, the guy who martial wrestles. Martial arts? Or martial whatever arts that guy. MMA is stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, MMA. <laughs> we can beat each other up all day. The um, I guess Conor McGregor wanted to take a picture with Machine Gun Kelly, and Machine Gun Kelly's big bodyguard pushed him away. Oh. Pushed Conor McGregor away. So Conor McGregor started throwing punches. And like I, I'd be like, if Conor McGregor was coming to me, man, I would just say, dude, don't hurt me too bad. I mean, that guy's a professional fighter. Right. Uh, Machine Gun well, Kelly must have some balls on him. I mean, he, or he was high as a kite. How did, wait a minute, <laughs> he's got a bodyguard. How yeah. did he wind up in the fight? <laughs> well, that's what you hire a bodyguard for, so you could tell you know Conor McGregor to fuck off at one of these things, I guess, and then uh, let the bodyguard deal with it. Right. Con so Con how did Machine Gun Kelly wind up throwing punches? Well, nobody got near each other. They were throwing punches like with people separating them. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, in the air. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody landed anything. <laughs> hey, Jay, did you see that? Well, Connor threw his drink drink at him. Uh, I don't know if anyone really knows what happened yet. Connor denied that he asked for a picture so <laughs> or, or to meet him. So... I don't know. I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah, they got into it. And uh, meanwhile, when I'm watching the when I'm watching the MTV Awards, I see in the audience Conor McGregor is busy in the audience taking pictures with people. Nobody's like some people were wearing masks, but he wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Like some of us are living like we're gonna die, and the other ones are like, you know, fuck this. I even saw a report that Broadway is reopening yeah. and i'm like i'm like why why <laughs> and oh, and the no. big and the big news was that they are now making a musical about lady diana and you know don't don't get me wrong i understand that people have some sort of fascination with lady diana i never did i couldn't care what lady diana did when she was alive i didn't you know it just didn't it had no impact on me. I don't she care didn't about royalty. With you. Yeah. No, no. I, I, you know, I, I remember when they got married, her and Prince Charles, and it was tragic when she died and all that. I, I understand all that, but like now we had a whole series on Lady Di. You have a movie being done by Kristen Stewart. Now you have a musical 
And it's actually kind of a creepy subject. It's like this poor woman, she, you know, she basically died in a car crash because paparazzi were chasing her. I, I mean, and it's but the she same was, story. She lived a tortured life from the very beginning. This guy duped her into marrying her so he could have a couple of kids because the queen wanted something. And yeah. then he abandoned her and she thought she had a marriage. Finds out the his girlfriend is at the wedding. You know, I mean, this was a tragic life. But isn't it getting a bit like the Batman movies or Spider-Man movies where they keep going back to the origin story? I mean, how many times now it's a musical. You know, with Batman, I don't know why, but every time there's a movie, he's, you got to learn about him when he was a kid. How Bruce did he Wayne's get parents to be died. this way? Yeah. How did he get to be, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, one movie about Lady Diana. That was a musical. And what is the music? Well, I, you're I'm... sort of right in another way because everybody will get to play her. You know how there's been many yeah. Batmans? One day there'll be many Princess Dianas. I would love if you would be tapped for that. <laughs> I'm sitting here in love with my prince of a husband. He doesn't love me. I love him. And everyone thinks being a princess is so great, but it's not. I'm alone and he's off with Lady Camilla Parker Bowes. And I'm pregnant with a prince in my belly. Poor me. Oh, 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 oh. And then they cut to the scene where now she's dating Dodie Ifayed, the paparazzi's chasing her, and the music's uh, then the music swells. They're in the they're well, in their you, taxi. Wait a minute, you're forgetting part. She was an anorexic. Well, I'm getting to that, but I'm, I'm giving you different. I'm giving. <laughs> okay. Listen, Robin, I'm I'm giving you different scenes. This is the scene where she dies at the end. I don't want to be have All a spoiler, right. but here we go. Oh no! <laughs> uh oh, Dodie. We're in the car, and the paparazzi are chasing us. Driver, take the tunnel and go real fast. We got our, we're going to get our picture in the paper. <laughs> then Diana is alone again in her room. Every other scene, she's alone in her room, and the music swells up. This song's called, He's in Love with a Much Uglier Lady. <laughs> I have a perfect body. Perfect little breasts and vagina. I'm younger than all the girls around him, and yet he's in love with a much uglier lady. She's old, I'm hot. And this is the fun song, you know, like <laughs> look at my look at my ass and look at hers. She's got cellulite all over it. She even has a mustache, I swear to God. <laughs> Why does he want Camilla? I'm so much hotter. Camilla's been hit with the ugly stick. She has a busted face. I am hot. She looks like a man in a wig. She looks like Bruce Valanche and I look uh, like a supermodel. Right? Good song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sing along. <laughs> She has short man hair. 
I'm hot with my long blonde hair. This one, this one's called. This is the part where she sings. Camilla's pussy smells. <clears throat> Camilla's pussy smells. It definitely smells. She's a much older woman, and my, I take two baths a day, and I'm fresh as a daisy. What's wrong with him? He must be gay. I saw flies on her clit just the other day. I smelled Charles Dick and I barfed because it smelled like Camilla Parker Bowes. This sucks. She douches with swamp water. It's like a whole put down. It smells like a dumpster at Red Laughter. <laughs> oh, this is a very important song in the play. This is the climax. Oh. Yeah. Maybe this is Prince Charles's song. I'm confused. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Might be his song. <laughs> I've gotten myself into a real tizzy. <laughs> I... <laughs> a tizzy. <laughs> I thought being a prince and also the next in line for the crown would be great. I'm just sitting around while that old bag mother of mine won't die. And I paint all day. I don't even like to paint, but I have no other interest. I don't know what's wrong with me. I have a gorgeous wife, but for some reason I'm addicted to this old bag. <laughs> oh no, you know what this song is? This is the end of the play. Where Di is dead and they come she's to Prince Charles. She's already dead, okay. She's dead and that's why she's died. And, uh, and Prince Charles sings, I'm free, <laughs> she's gone. I'm going to marry my love, Camilla Parker Bowes. Nothing can stop me now. I'm on a roll. Everything is springtime again. I bet you my old bag mom's gonna die soon and I'll be the king. And things are going great. Things are going great. Yes, I gotta get to see that play. Uh, is that the, how it ends with him singing I'm free and I'm everything's gonna be great now? No, no, no. He At the end, he sings a great song. It's called My Kids Will Never Turn On Me. <laughs> My children now will always love me. Their mom died and now I'll have complete control. The two boys will grow up and be incredibly loyal. I better act sad when I tell the boys. And then he walks into the room. The little kids are there. He goes, William and Harry, good news. I mean, bad news. Your mom is dead. And I know you'll be loyal to me, and you'll never go on Oprah and yap about the royal family. No Oprah for you. Oprah's the devil. She'll trick you into saying horrible things. You're my beautiful sons, and now I have full control of you without Lady Diana. My son, 
sons will grow up strong. My sons will never dress like a Nazi for Halloween. Ah, you boys are so beautiful. You will never lose your hair. You will always have a full head of hair. And here's the good news, kids. Your father understands the news cycle. People will forget about Diana immediately. They will never remember her in two weeks. And I'll be a beloved king. Yeah. They're gonna forget her. There will never be three movies and a play about her. Uh-oh. What's that I see out my window? Prince Andrew's hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. He's gonna fuck this all up for me. Shame, shame, shame. I went to see the royal astrologer. She told me that in the future, my son Harry will become a chief impact officer and go on Oprah. <laughs> My son will never work for Netflix. I'll see it. <laughs> Create media. I will guide them. They will never get into bad marriages. And my sons will never marry some broad from the TV show Suits. And I'll see to it. I'll rule the roost. This is my big moment. All the other songs are about Lady Diana. <laughs> then the Queen has her big song, the oh. Queen Mother. She sings a, a song called Everyone in My Family is a Shithead. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm the royal mother. Everyone in my family is a shithead. I'm surrounded by morons who make bad decisions. My goofball big-eared son makes the worst moves and is going to embarrass us all. But I'll show them all. I'm never going to die. I'm going to live till I'm a thousand. Fuck them. Fuck you. Fuck everyone. I always assumed when I was an old lady I could just relax. But with this group, I don't know. They're going to blow the whole monarchy. All of them are rich, spoiled brats. We'd have a great life if they just shut their traps. La, 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 la. All right, enough of that. But anyway, uh... Well, it sounds like it's going to be a smash. <laughs> You'd go see it. I Actually, I'm talking myself into seeing it. But could you imagine in the middle of COVID, the people are going to be sitting in a... You, you know how horrible those, those theater seats are? Cramped. Yeah, and they're and gonna. I don't know that there's great ventilation in those theaters. I don't know. I guess I'm the one who's out of it. 
Oh, I actually well, had. Well, you didn't go. go to those theaters before. I mean, that's no. not stopping you from doing anything. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't go now, though. <laughs> oh, here's the actual trailer for, the, for Diana the Musical. Actually, uh, let's see if I have it. Oh, here it is. Flash bulbs fill the air. Not that different from what I'm writing. No. No. Flash bulbs fill the air. This must be the paparazzi hounding her. I've always maintained, I used to say this when the accident happened, or whatever you want to call it. I said, why is she running from these people? And, you know, I swear to you, I have actually, when I used to go to L.A. when we were on terrestrial radio, these paparazzi would get in cars and follow us. Mm. And I remember I was in a car with a, a bunch of people. And my, my friend started, you know, racing away from the paparazzi. He said, listen, who gives this shit? Let him take a picture. What do we, what, what, what's the big deal? And would lady die? So, okay, they're going to take your picture. You look good. Take your picture. You could look like me. It could be a lot worse. <laughs> I've yet to see a picture of me look good. You know, spontaneous picture. If I pose. A like paparazzi picture, picture. I've never once seen a good paparazzi <laughs> picture of me. I have reason. How to dare run. they call themselves photographers? Yeah, <laughs> I have a reason to hide. I'm going to do that Justin Bieber thing. This kid at the MTV Awards was wearing like gigantic pants. It looked like he borrowed the pants of like uh, an obese human being, and they had a big giant hoodie, and you couldn't see anything. Couldn't even yeah. see the kid. And the wife is all foxed up. You know, she's like. She looks like she just stepped out of Glamour magazine, and he looks like he just got rolled. I know. But, it uh, looked like he, you know, was kidnapped <laughs> yeah, and brought yeah. there. <laughs> and they, like, well. dressed him in his father's clothes. <laughs> Let's get back to Diane on the musical. I want to hear more. Frenzy yeah. fills the night. Oh, there's the paparazzi. I hear Lonely girl is. <laughs> if it doesn't At least rhyme, I could just... understand the words when you say it. <laughs> God, when, I ought to become a writer of these musicals. I think I could write them. There's the click of the paparazzi. It frightens me. I'm just a regular girl. Oh my goodness. I hope the pictures are good. On the one hand, I do like seeing pictures of myself. It's kind of exciting. But on the other hand, it's... On the other hand, there is no other hand. What's what's the big downside? <laughs> That's my job to get my picture taken. Yeah, I mean, I don't really do anything else. So maybe I should just slow down the car and let them take my picture for an hour. Dodie says we have to rush away. But really, why am I listening to him? Who the fuck is he? <laughs> Nobody wants a picture of him. Yeah, well, quite frankly, he should be excited to get his picture taken with me. Nobody even knows who he is. Why would I run away from photographers? Actually, it's kind of great. <laughs> All right. Hello. I'm
I predict this will last a week on Broadway. <laughs> you don't know Broadway. <laughs> I see cameras and I see flashbulbs. Cameras and flashbulbs, flashbulbs and cameras going off in my face. What outfit should I wear? Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, wow. I decided this is worth getting COVID for. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going. I don't even know what she's yapping about. I have to say, when you were singing there a moment ago and then you hit the... You I didn't know, the know you had stopped. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, <laughs> I'm singing this on the fly. I haven't even put any thought into it yet. Maybe that's the secret. Maybe every night they should just get up there and say whatever's on their mind. <laughs> Not write any lyrics. Mm, oh, that's the end of the trailer. Shit. Uh, I want more. See, now we got to go see the rest. Fill in the blanks. We might have to go on a date and see this thing. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe we're only halfway through the plane. I've run out of things to sing about. I mean, besides the paparazzi and... Charles fucking that old girl. I mean, well, really? I, can I mean, see where they're going to put the uplifting song. The uplifting song is going to be after the divorce, and she's going to break out and be who she really wants Flash to be. Flashbulbs fill the air. Flashbulbs fill the air. I think when um, the paparazzi cause her to, you know, get in a car wreck, the C the uh, the. Uh, paramedics show up and they do cpr but they do a big dance at the end they, they, while they're doing cpr it's like an interpretive dance yes cpr must be administered immediately everybody over here with the paddles and you know they're french doctors and stuff and they don't know the what the CPR fuck they're doing. dance right <laughs> yeah, and, and everyone's dressed like charlie champlin <laughs> twirling canes CPR, we know we could save her. We will be considered the greatest doctors of all time. Wait a second, there's blood everywhere. There's blood everywhere. Save her, we can't. And then we, and then it gets somber. We couldn't save her. If she's, gone. <laughs> she's gone. It didn't work out. We this song's called "We Tried, We Tried, But She Still Died." We <laughs> tried, we tried, but she still died. Uh, everyone, I gave Diana mouth to mouth for over fifteen minutes. People thought I was just coming on to her, but I was trying to save her life. <laughs> And they're still taking pictures. Oh. We better check her tits. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Where's her head? Where's her head? Is she dead? What fucking play could they write about? Uh, yeah, I was like, I, when I saw <laughs> that, I was like, that must be... You just sit there and cry the whole time. Yeah, it seems like a... And actually, the promo piece seemed kind of upbeat for such a tragic story. Yeah, nice music for a girl whose life is being ruined. And the car, because they could do all kinds of uh, 
effects. Well, the they'll car have the car. That'll be the big thing. Oh, my God, they have a car on stage. A singing car. And they'll go, <laughs> no one ever cares about me. I was wrecked, too. <laughs> I'm a car. <laughs> All right. I... <laughs> Hong Kong. <laughs> Everyone out of the way. <laughs> I have Lady Diana in the car. Yeah, I like when um, celebrities run away from from uh, the paparazzi. It's like, okay, look, be happy somebody cares. But it's usually, I mean, away? in the royal family situation, they didn't. They just grew or were born into this stuff. Diana sort of walked in. She didn't know all that was going to happen to her. Yeah, but but celebrities, else? there are a lot of celebrities who court the paparazzi until they really get yeah. interested. But you want to know something? You know why I'm never followed by the paparazzi? First of all, I don't think anyone gives a shit. And secondly, I don't leave my house. I would just stay on that compound. Uh, I, mean, I don't know why she had to go out. Man, oh, no, if they I... insist on uh, acting like regular people. Like, she used to drive herself around, and there'd be 75 people following her to her car. Yeah, yeah. That seems to be a big moment in the in the crown when Lady <laughs> Di- Lady Di's like, I just have to get out of here. Meanwhile, you should see this compound. They got everything. They got horseback riding. They got bowling. They got, you name it. Everything is right there. They've got rolling hills you could hike That's on. That's right. It's your own city. It's your own city. It's your own compound. I mean, it's crazy. But she's got to get in the car and drive for her freedom. It's like these assholes with the vaccine. The only way I feel free is if I don't take a vaccine that'll cure COVID. That's the way you feel free, you fuck. Excuse me. Is that in the musical? My freedom. Oh, yeah, I'm going to put that in. I can't believe I'm trapped in this compound. I need to get in my car and drive. And it seems to be they want to drive with a top off and their hair blowing in the wind. And where are they going? They never show them going anywhere. They just got in the car and drove. Yeah. They drive to some other place that has a bowling alley (laughs) and tennis courts. (laughs) I need to bowl at another compound. (laughs) I need to walk the hills of another compound rather than this one. I'm tired of riding horses to the countryside and the being beef being fed every meal and then taking a bath and watching TV from my Olympic sized swimming pool. I can't take it anymore. I need my freedom. Gotta get out of here. <laughs> I want to meet other young people. Well, why don't you invite your young friends over? I can't do that. I need to meet with them elsewhere. I'm bored of all 50 rooms in my compound. I visited them all at least once. I want to go through a car wash with my car, just like the hillbillies do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired of people washing my car for me. (laughs) I'm sick of playing polo every day. have a dream. Martin Luther King had a dream, and my dream is to use a public restroom without my bodyguard (laughs) being there. I yearn to get in my car and go to a different beautiful place than the one I live in. (laughs) 
that would be freeing. All right, turn off that music, Fred. <laughs> and, <laughs> what the, is and the horns and the traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this song is called, this is when Lady Di finally gets in her car and she gets away from the royal compound because she's getting her freedom. She's in her car and then she sings this song. It's called, I yearn to change my tampon at a gas station like poor people do. <laughs> Want to hear that one? or Sure. That or is that ruining like the a, whole clip? A real yeah. showstopper. Is that a, that's, this is the most dramatic moment where she gets to change her tampon at the gas station. <laughs> I want to do what normal people do. I want to walk into a public restroom and see a toilet covered in feces like at the Sirius XM bathroom. Oh, that's right. Sirius XM hasn't been invented yet. I forgot. I didn't take that out. Oops. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. But we do. We have this tendency to uh, glamorize tragedy, you know, these tragic lives of people mm. and uh, deify them. I noticed that Billie Eilish, uh, her dress was a tribute to Marilyn Monroe last night. And I was like, really? I like her cute little hairdo. Um, I just love it. The new uh, Billie Eilish hairdo, it's really... Yeah. Oh, wait a second, Ron. Oh, hey, George. How are you? Howard, you finally turned around to Broadway. Your music <laughs> was happy. incredible. Did you like it, George? I know you've written a play about uh, Japanese-American internment camps. Allegiant, uh, humor. wasn't it? Yes. Allegiant. Love, anger, theater, Howard, theater. <laughs> well, you'll be you know? happy to know, George. Broadway's back open. Lion King and Hamilton and Wicked and uh, many more opened up uh, yesterday. So, Even uh, you the get Tina, right Tina Turner, the musical. Yeah, no yes, one wanted to see I'm that before so COVID. Excited. <laughs> yeah. I feel like singing, too. Brad, oh, Brad. Where the fuck are you? Brad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, George. Good to see you. And yes, uh, uh, I, I, I announced the opening of Broadway and George is very excited about that. Thank you, George. It's a whole new world for you. You've got a lot to catch up on. You'd love French composer Hervé's operette, Gilbert and Sullivan and their comic operas. Howard, I'm, I can't contain myself. I, oh, my goodness. <laughs> he's so wanna... excited. He thinks he's going to drag you to all of these things now. Yes, I'd love to go with you. Thanks to Gardine. You'd love our Robin... time now from Allegiance. It's my time to serve. My strength to give, my blood to offer, so others might live. Oh, oh, Howard, I'm so excited. This, this is just. I like how you've incorporated your uh, bell into the song too. The the bell that Brad gave you to call him. It's I love the that. only musical instrument I have. Yeah. Oh, it keeps me in tune as well. Me 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 me. Bravo, Howard. Bravo. Bravo. No, I actually was uh, admiring of Billie Eilish. She said she'd only wear the Oscar de la Renta to the Met Gala if the designer, Oscar de la Renta, ditched fur. 
and they right. Actually, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that. And, they, and they did it. Hey, I want to thank our. The thing is, Howard, everybody replaced fur with feathers. There were oh. lots of feathers. In, is that bad uh, on the runway? And birds die. Really? To so provide those feathers. You can't win. Can they invent something where no one dies for where those? Yeah, they dresses? could use fake feathers. Good for you, Robin. I'm in love with your body. Yeah, he was on the MTV Awards. He was good. He was one of the few performers I enjoyed. Um, most of it was pretty shitty. Foo Fighters were there. That was fun. Yeah, they got a um, Legends Award or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's weird because. MTV is so irrelevant now in terms of music. It's weird to see that they have an award show, but it seems to be still a big deal, I guess. Yeah, they still uh, get a big turnout, and people want those video music awards. I think people like need a place to go and dress up. Maybe that's it. How shitty is uh, the the life of that guy? I've been following this Jeopardy thing where they are trying to get a new host, and... They finally, after trying out 5,000 people, it got it got a bit ridiculous. They had so many people trying out to be the host of Jeopardy. And the reason for that is it is an incredibly great gig. You know. It, Everybody the, wants the, it. <laughs> yeah, the thing makes so much money. And uh, they pay you. I mean, I don't know what Alex Trebek got, but man, he, he died a very wealthy man. Yeah, yeah, he was Jeopardy. I mean, there was so much of a synergy, you know, like a bonding between him and the show. Even though he wasn't the original or first host, he really bonded himself to that show. So they finally picked a guy. It was the guy who used to be the executive producer of the show. He still is. He was. And was, uh, yeah. Yeah, this guy, uh, his name's Michael Richards. It's not a lucky name in show business. Things always go wrong, <laughs> that name. but I don't want that name. Don't but, name uh, me, Michael Richards. And the guy was like, you know, he got chosen and he's going to be the new host. And like, he's probably like, you know, all the fucking years I sat on the behind the the, the camera and knowing I, I, I could you, do it, too. Yeah. And people <laughs> didn't understand that I'm really the brains behind Jeopardy. Alex gets all the credit, but I sit here and prep everything. And I, you know, I make sure everything's right. And now finally, finally, I get my due. They tried out everyone in show business. And okay, it's kind of a bummer. I got to share hosting duties every once in a while with that woman, whatever her Mayim name Bialik. is. Maya Bialik. But fuck it. They'll forget about her. I'm going to be the favorite host. I've got it. I finally have my dream. I waited for this guy to disappear for a thousand years. Even with pancreatic cancer, Alex Trebek held on. And now finally. Everybody loved him right to the very end. He would not give up. <laughs> Now it's my now it's my turn. I'm going to be a superstar. And he gets the job, and I don't know. I guess they dug out. He made fun of Jews, and I don't know who else. No, he <laughs> was he, kind of he was it was a me too kind of a thing. He had it? a number of complaints about oh. the way he treated certain people, certain women, basically. Right. I think he called time. someone a hoe or something. Something like that. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, he was in charge. He could have done anything. And a right. uh, lot of people dug up those stories and said, wait a minute, you can't make this guy the host of Jeopardy after Alex Trebek. He's a horrible guy. Alex was a great guy. And this guy seems to be a bit horrible. It says here, Mike stepped down as host 
after past comments he made on his podcast podcast probably made no money with that stupid podcast <laughs> podcast he, he was just about to hit the kaching with jeopardy and get all that fame and everything he wanted you could tell this guy wants to be famous too because he had a podcast back in the day you know what i mean like he here he is the executive producer of jeopardy and he's like I just, he needed I need to, to have heard. his own pulpit you know i need to have my own voice where i could make fun of jews I'm not talking through Alex Trebek. I don't know what he made fun of. Did you, I mean, I don't know what he said about you. I have no idea what he said. I don't even know if I'm offended by his comments because I haven't read the actual comments. I just know that people were offended by him. Uh, so he can't be the host of Jeopardy. But evidently he got to tape one week of glorious Jeopardy. So that that week airs this week, I think. This is the week oh, it's airing. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but he Mike also. Richards. I didn't know that he was. So they said, okay, he's not going to host. Yeah, but he got and in then one it week. Was like, but you you can't produce, you know, because yeah. the, the they thought it would die down if they took him away from the front spot. But then mm. it was like, no, he's got to leave here. And I think he was the executive producer of Wheel of Fortune, and they said you can't do that either. Jeez. He lost all his job <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> That's a great story. So fucked up. There should be a musical written about him. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm going to get together with uh, David Byrne of uh, David Bryan of uh, Bon Jovi and write a musical about that. Yeah, uh, there's a tragedy for you. I was almost a host. <laughs> My dreams are coming true. <laughs> I love Jeopardy, but I had to wait for Alex Trebek to die to be the front man. Now I work for Uber. All right, thanks. I'm not He's working for Uber? He's yeah. the DoorDash guy? Well, I don't know. <laughs> hey, before Jimmy comes on, Jimmy Kimmel is going to join us. Uh, always happy to have Jimmy. I don't even know. Oh, I know what he's promoting. Jimbo Kimball. Jimmy uh, was involved somehow in a documentary for, they did one on the New York Mets, the 69 Mets, you know, when they oh, won. Oh, yes. 86. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's 86. the 86 who, Mets. The time who am I thinking of 69? We were there, I'm, thinking about, Gary. I'm thinking about the Ronnie story. 69 Ronnie. <laughs> That's it. 69. Uh, 86 Mets and uh, the year they won. So we'll talk to Jimmy about it. I was going to try and get this in a little bit of a. Comedy we worked very hard on. Almost too hard. I hope it's worth it. We took the Mitch McConnell audiobook. Talk about a convoluted premise. We took the Mitch McConnell, Senator Mitch McConnell audiobook and chopped it up so that um, the premise is that he recorded a diary over the summer to tell us what happened over the summer when we weren't here. Are you following? Oh, what this? he did on his summer vacation. <laughs> yeah, he's just recapping everything. All the things that happened while we were away this summer. Okay. Here's Mitch McConnell with his audio. Here he talks about that while we were away, billionaires went up into space. <laughs> this is a lot of work, so you better like it. <laughs> you have no idea how difficult it is to cut up an audio book and get sentences out of it. Okay. So you will laugh. 
<laughs> Lest anyone think this doesn't require a lot of work, it does. So we sacrificed a lot of man hours. It takes almost as many people to get a rocket ship to go into space. As honestly, for my to do this. Honestly, more people to do this <laughs> than go. By the way, more than six hundred people have reserved tickets, and they're priced at two hundred thousand to two hundred fifty thousand for a ride on that Virgin Galactic space ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess back in July, Richard Branson flew about fifty miles into space on his rocket. And then nine days later, Jeff Bezos flew 62 miles high. But I'm not sure they're astronauts. You know, they were coming down and getting astronaut pins. You don't think they are? What do you think they are? Well, then I think some space agencies said they weren't astronauts. I don't know. I've got to look it up to remember why they were saying they didn't qualify. Any maniac who goes into space in a tin can is an astronaut and to me. And gets weightless? Yeah, give them a pin. <laughs> especially yeah you get a pin especially if you're a billionaire if i was a billionaire i would not be even near space i would just be living my good life right down here with all my money you'd have thought that pin was better than getting a billion dollars the first time but the way he was carrying on about it all right but let mitch mcconnell audiobook tell you about what happened okay. this summer okay here he is hello this is mitch mcconnell audiobook with a summer wrap-up jeff bezos went to space in a rocket that looked like a big stiff cop that was fucking the atmosphere. Billionaire Richard Branson also went to space. It's a golden age for rich white guys who are tired of money and pussy. And then Mitch Mitch had thoughts on Bill Cosby I'd like to play for you, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we haven't spent much time talking about it. Yes, he was. Comedian Bill Cosby is a free man. He's going to have a hard time drugging women now because he looks like somebody who got skull fucked in one of his eyes and then someone chopped cement in the other one. His eyes are milkier than a goddamn dairy farm. That's nasty. What a creep. Pretty good. Pretty good commentary from that. That one was uh, quite excellent. We ought to send that to Bill. <laughs> By the way, Mitch is also a big supporter of the Free Britney movement. He's behind Britney Spears. Really? Yes. Here he is. After much work. Britney Spears wants her freedom. If you're listening, Britney, and if you've enjoyed old sweaty testicles and you want a taste of some cheesy uncircumcised foreskin, give me a call. I think you're still hot and I masturbate to your topless Instagram pictures of those boobs. They're as sweet and as pretty as can be. I even gave myself a blowjob just thinking about them. <laughs> Do me a favor. Give me a call. Wow. He's that talented. took four days. Took four days to get that <laughs> together, so we could have Mitch McConnell's voice saying he gave himself a blowjob. <laughs> sometimes you got to twice two words. Gets back to him. Does he hear these things? <laughs> I hope so too. It's four days. I'm telling you the truth. Four days, five writers. Just to you know, you have to go through a whole audio book just to get this. Uh, Mitch, by the way, it's almost like Afghanistan. After it's all over, you go, was it worth it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Put that much, to put that many of our resources behind this bit. And then when it was done, I go, it's funny, but was it worth the pain and effort? Although listening to it now, I'd say it was. You know? I love that last one. Me too. All right, let's keep going then. You know? 
I love the Bill Cosby one, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like me, Mitch McConnell is a fan of the Kissing Booth movies. Oh, really? He, unlike me, unlike me, he loved Kissing Booth 3, which uh, came out in August. He thinks it was good. The new Kissing Booth movie excited me immensely. I liked it even better than Kissing Booth Part 2. I watched it with Ron Paul, George W. Bush, Colin Powell, and Bob Dole. When Bob fell asleep, we took turns teabagging him, and then we tied his balls in a knot. I had to laugh when Colin Powell, who was hung like a mule, jerked his big, thick, coke bottle cock and shot sticky cement in Bob's ear. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, wow. those guys got together and watched Kissing Booth 3 and came all over each other. That's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> See, they're just like us, these politicians. <laughs> you get behind closed doors, this is the kind of stuff they're up to. Uh, Mitch also commented on Meghan McCain leaving The View. Would you like to hear that? Yeah. Okay. Meghan McCain left The View. She's got great tits, and I bet she's got the snapping pussy. I don't think John McCain would mind that I beat my meat to her each and every day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that took a full day, okay? And by the way, uh, the audiobook sounds slightly less robotic than the real Mitch McConnell, because if you've ever heard him <laughs> talk, it's, it's a bore fest. Uh, Mitch also discussed the Delta variant. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I hadn't heard. Yeah. The COVID-19 Delta variant spread throughout America. Luckily for me, I can't catch it because I'm a demon from the depths of hell. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's party. <laughs> oh, my goodness. By the way, we didn't edit that. That was actually Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Somebody's got to um, play this for him. <laughs> finally, uh, Mitch shared a personal. I want him. Yeah, that would be cool. I'd, I'd play it for him if I get a hold of him. <laughs> Mitch shared a personal accomplishment from the summer. Here's uh, right. him talking about just his overall summer. On a personal note, this summer, I learned how to manipulate my giant cock to bend backwards into my rectum and fuck myself in the asshole. <laughs> it's also good for times when you have to take a piss on a long car ride home. You can use your ass as a piss reserve to shit out the piss at your convenience. Wow. Yeah. So he pisses when he's in the car, he pisses into his own asshole, holds it in there like a like a depository and then shits it out. Yeah. What a discovery. Yeah. <laughs> what an innovator. <laughs> well done. What's this? I have another. Oh, good. I have another one. I can listen to these all day. The problem is, you know, producing them. Yeah, we we can't use that many man hours on one bit. Mitch really filled us in on the summer, and he's ready for the fall. Here's what he has All to right. say. Have a great autumn, everyone. It's a popular time of the year to pick apples and stick them up your ass. You just go and have some fun, but watch out for the duty. Right. What? He says, have a great autumn. And it's a great time to go out and pick apples and stick them up your own ass. And then just, you know, have fun with it. But, but you know, watch out for the duty. You don't want to ingest He's duty. He's obsessed when you... with that ass. Yeah, everything goes in that ass. <laughs> it's like Ronnie. Speaking of Ronnie, some of the fans uh, also, I, I never finished the email, and I want to get to that. 
A lot of people uh, said um, they love Ronnie's mom yesterday. Ah. Ronnie's mother, yeah. She appeared on the show. She was defending Ronnie's move to Vegas because we were goofing on him. But Ronnie's mom, uh, people think she's hilarious. Ronnie's mom had me crying when she said that she shit him through her piss flaps. Leave it to Ronnie's mother to be the only person on the planet more disgustingly hilarious than him. <laughs> Ronnie's mom should be on every day. What a treat. He's a chip off the old block. Ronnie's mom is hysterical. I love how she referred to Ronnie's ass as his lovely meat hole. <laughs> oh, speaking of Ronnie, another listener. Um, if you remember a few months ago, Ronnie gave tips on how to shave your asshole. Yes. In another one of his gross you know, commentaries. And uh, I read the question to Ronnie on the air and he gave his advice. And if you, if you, if you weren't part of that epic day, here's Ronnie on that day. Ronnie, any quick tip on the, for this guy about shaving one's balls and taint? You know, you, you just make sure you, uh, you lather up really good with good, you know, a nice, uh, shaving gel, you know? Yeah. And after you do it a few times, like your skin gets used to it. I mean, I've never cut myself. You're completely shaving down there? No, just my balls and ass. You shave oh. your balls you put a and razor you don't... in your ass? Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, the power glide. <laughs> power. Like everyone knows what that is. It's the power glide. Come on. That sounds like a riding mower to me. <laughs> we received an update from a fan. He's not happy with Ronnie's tip. He says, Ronnie gave me the worst advice ever. I defy you to go back and listen to his BS advice and make any sense of it. Long story short, I ended up nicking my asshole with the razor he recommended. For the next two weeks, it was sore and bleeding. It wouldn't heal because I still had to shit and wipe my ass every day. Ronnie's Ooh. a fucking dipshit. So, Ooh. Listen, Ronnie's Who just telling you. Ronnie? Exactly. That's like listening to a comedian about COVID. So, anyway. Oh, this is, this was, I found this fascinating, and I think you will too. Uh, we, we mentioned yesterday that we, we were doing an update on the WAC Pack, and the, and the big news was that Tan Mom's husband, who she called driver, had died. Yeah. Over the break. Yeah. She called him driver because he was a limo driver, but he um he used to drive her around, and they, they guess they didn't get along that well, and she would yell at him driver. She wouldn't call him, you know, her husband. Anyway, we got feedback from the audience, and uh, we shared the sad news about Tam Mom's husband, Richard, or driver, as she would refer to him, uh, that he passed away. And Tam Mom herself thanked us for remembering him. So this happens oh, a lot. Oh, see, see, she's touched. Tan Mom tweeted, thank you, Howard, and everyone for showing your prayers for Richard, a.k.a. Driver. We love you and had some really great memories on your show. It's hard to lose anyone. We had our ups and downs towards the end, but after he had cancer, I took him back. Driver is oh. gone. He was my best friend to me and my kids, and that's why I've been out of the loop. One day at a time, thank you. See, this happens. I know people who don't get along and then when the person dies, all of a sudden, they're the greatest. He's a saint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, didn't that happen well, with your with your mom when um, when your dad died? Because Gary's parents never got along. And they even divorced for a while and then got back together, right? It was a long history. But then didn't your mom turn him into a saint after he died? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, they got divorced and they lived apart. And somehow 
because my father swore he would never do it. They moved back in together. And, uh, and yeah, then after he died, she was like, Oh, Sal, he was so great. He was so great. And I was like, well, I used to be in the kitchen when you were telling him how not great he was. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> Aren't you shocked, Gary, that tan mom is, uh, you know, now in love with driver and like, no, like, wow. No, because you're, you're exactly right. I've seen this a million times, even not even married couples, you know, People hate each other, and then they die. They go, oh, poor Jim. Jim was such a good guy. I was like, just 10 minutes ago before he was, when he was alive, you told me what an asshole he was. Right. Well, yeah. I'm thinking that, you know, that was interesting because I was wondering about the whole trajectory and his, his illness and so forth. And she said she took him back after yeah. he got cancer. And I guess they became uh, more friendly then. Well, now he's her best friend. At some point, when uh, Tan Mom is healed, we'll have to ask her how he suddenly turned into a good guy. But uh, <laughs> the fans were upset. Rest in peace, Driver. It seemed that the man had a lot of patience until his dying day, and that's not easy. Um, I thought she was dating go- people in yeah. front of oh, yeah. Driver and everything. <laughs> I think maybe he even got to drive her around on dates. I believe you're right. It was like that movie. What was that movie with uh, Eric Stoltz where, um, what's her name? That blonde is in love with him. And then uh, she drives him on his dates. And then they, oh. you know that, you remember that movie? I love oh, that movie. yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I can't think anyway. of the name of it. Some kind My of thoughts, wonderful. Some say kind that again? of wonderful. Some yeah, kind yeah. of wonderful, yeah. My thoughts and prayers go out to Tam Mom's family. May Driver finally get the peace he deserves. Yeah, some kind of wonderful, if you're... You've never seen that. It's so good. <laughs> Eric Stoltz has this girl who's super hot, and uh, she's in love with him. But he's completely oblivious that she wants to bang the fuck out of him. And like, they're just best friends. They're just best yes. friends. Yeah. And she's just pining away for him. She's actually tortured. You know, she's yeah. You wants to be with him so much she'll drive him around on his dates. And she's the unpopular, weird girl in school. Meanwhile, she is like the cutest girl you ever saw in your life. <laughs> like, she would be so popular, so out of everyone's league. And uh, so Eric Stoltz, he's the girl of his dreams. She's unobtainable, but somehow he works. He warms his way into her life. Meanwhile, Eric Stoltz is better looking than all the girls. And uh, But no one wants him. He's a dweeb. You know, none of it makes any sense, but I, I totally buy into it. He's you a total buy dweeb. It. If I looked like Eric Stoltz, I wouldn't have been the dweeb. I should have starred in this movie. Like, you would have, like, you would have said, how the fuck did he get this girl? In fact, my life is like this movie in real life. How is Beth with me? So uh, Eric Stoltz gets the date of his dreams, and the girl who's in love with him, the blonde, she drives them on the date because he doesn't have a car. So she's their driver. And then, of course... He realizes he's in love with the girl. Yeah, the date is terrible with the girl of his dreams. Yeah. And he takes her home and I'm sure he fucked the crap out of her. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched that movie 20 times because, you know, guys like me, we we pray for those scenarios. And and it kind of happened to me in real life. You know, I've got Beth who's way out of my league. You know, she even has to tell me. To walk straight because I walk like an ape. Oh, stop. Like she told me the other day, we stand up straight. <laughs> I go, honey, can you stop telling me to do that? Because it makes me feel unattractive and that I'm not attractive to you. She goes, no, you're very attractive to me. I just want you, I want you to stand up straight. You're starting to like walk with a hunch. 
<laughs> I go, that's like great. Like to the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. I, and I was like, oh, great. Not only am I hideous, but now I'm a hunchback. <laughs> I should be ringing a bell. <laughs> a yeah. <laughs> she had the nerve to tell me that I, I walk like the second or maybe the third guy in the evolutionary chart. <laughs> when you see that guy crawling out of the Which ocean. Which way are you going? Are you going up or are you going back? Uh, according to her, I'm going backwards. I'm almost in the sea. <laughs> Good thing I live near the water. <sighs> it's convenient. Look, I'm growing fins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my life is really that movie. Can't enough. it be that you're the, the, you know, the shape of water? Isn't that your movie? Remember that? <laughs> oh, you woman mean that guy who lives in a tank? A guy with gills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my movie too. I relate to that movie. I love that movie. I was like, hey. If that hot chick could fall in love with a guy who lives in a fish tank, <laughs> maybe I could get some hot chicks, too. Uh, I bet you never hear Megan Fox saying that to Machine Gun Kelly, like, honey, can you stand up straight? He's like, hey, I want you to go to the MTV Awards and be naked. And she goes, yes, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Yes, Daddy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, also, yesterday, we received a call during the show from uh, Jennifer, a caller who thought, look, I kept saying, are, are you sure you're not a man? And she <laughs> swore to me. She Here's a clip of this woman in case you missed it yesterday. This is Jennifer, the caller, who I thought was a dude. Hey, Jennifer. Hi, how you doing, Howard? That's <laughs> just Jennifer. Yes, this is Jennifer. I've called before. You think I sound like a man, but that's not the issue. Oh, right I now. remember you. I want to tell you. Remember Jennifer, me? Were you? Yeah. Are you uh, transitioning? <laughs> are you uh, trans translexual? Uh, well, gorgeous. Uh, no, I'm five nine, uh, thirty eight day. Uh, I weigh about one hundred and sixty pounds. I'm looking all good, Howard. How many pounds? One hundred sixty. She's a big she gal. Must be she's seven, seven feet tall. No, she's, she's man, baby. She she sent me a picture. <laughs> lovely, lovely uh, lady, but she's she's a big girl. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you? Where's the picture? Let, let me just. You don't need to see it. I don't need to see. <laughs> no, I don't need you making judge. But I'll show you. But I'll send it to you. She's very lovely. I'm, what am I going to say? Um, Jennifer claims she was all woman. And very sexy, but the fans don't think it's possible. Howard, there's no way in hell that caller Jennifer was a woman. She sounded like a straight-up dude. There's no way Jennifer is as hot as she says she is. She makes Nicole Bass sound like Marilyn Monroe. Please have <laughs> Jennifer send in photos. I'd love to see the woman behind that voice. But there, I, I do have pictures of her. I'll show you after uh, we get off there. She's very, very attractive. All right. That's all. All right. There you go. Yeah. Just an unusual voice, Robin. No need to make such heavy. It points. happens. Okay. It happens. Well, you're very judgmental, and shame on you. No, and by the way, no, no, I like an unusual voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> See, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. By the way, can everyone stop complimenting Kim Jong Un on his weight loss? He's still a fat troll. Uh, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, Who's the guy complimenting him. 
Oh, I have I have all kinds of newscasters talking about how hot he is now. Like they're like, oh wow, did you see Kim Jong Un? How attractive he's he lost all this weight. Listen, he's a piece of shit. He's enslaved his people. What's going he's, on in the world where this is happening? But Kim Jong, I know. Anyway, dear leader disappeared from public for a while, and then rumors started to spread that he was going to drop dead. So he must have been sick. That always happens. Yeah, they always are predicting these guys' death, and it never happens. CBS News estimates he may have lost between 22 and 44 pounds. So there you go. Uh, Robin uh, set up a date with him on Raya. but <laughs> I didn't realize it was Kim Jong-un. He didn't give me his real name. <laughs> In China, meanwhile, they just banned, you know, Communist government, they can ban whatever they want. They banned effeminate-looking men on TV. Uh, yeah, no we've more. got to stop that. Stamp that out. China's TV regulators said broadcasters must resolutely put an end to sissy men and other abnormal aesthetics. So you know that's a great place to live, right? <laughs> yeah. I, that's where I think all these people should go who want to uh, be mask-free. Well, they don't like sissy men either. Yeah. Uh, they used an insulting slang term for effeminate men, yang pao, which means girly guns, whatever the fuck that is. Wow. Who says sissy anymore anyway? It's like China, I think, is being run by like the, the jocks in my school from senior year. So they. By the way, not, do I, you also know that they um, they are now limiting game time for kids to hmm. one hour a day? If they want to play video games. Well, that's a mistake. I mean, everything they do is horrible. But, <laughs> you know, some of these kids are making millions playing these games. You never yeah. know. And it's, but they anyway. innovate things. They create things. I'm just wondering who's a girly man. Like, like in this country, if the government said, look, no more effeminate men. I mean, I don't have a problem. I, I mean, although I've got the long hair, maybe they mean that. But I think Might they're talking you. about. That's right. Like, do you think Jared Leto? Would be allowed on he Chinese might, television? No, no, no. He might be banned. Remember, what about he Z played that very yeah. effeminate guy in uh, the Dallas Buyers Club, and he's got a beautiful face, a girly well, what, face. So is that what they're like? What, like a Zac Efron? He's pretty pumped up now. I mean, would he be banned? He's he, is he too no, feminine I think looking? Zac might make make it because he's got the extra muscle now. <laughs> what about Eddie Redmayne, the guy who uh, he played a? Uh, of like a first transsexual. Oh, no, he's got those no. pouty lips. <laughs> right. What about Rob Pattinson? We had him on the show. He's good looking. The, the kid from the vampire He can't movie. do the news either or, or right. run a game show. Harry Styles, too effeminate? Oh, forget it. Harry wears dresses on the runway and the red carpet. What about David Beckham? Would he be allowed in China? No, he's too pretty. Really? But he's yeah. muscular. I don't care. Ryan Seacrest. Oh, my God. No. no well, no? Ryan Seacrest, mm. I don't know. He's on the fence. <laughs> wow. All right. In anyway. fact, most of the people who are in Hollywood will be banned. <laughs> Let me take a break. Well, uh, I want to get Jimmy on. Will Jimmy pass muster? Yeah, Jimmy's Kimble, masculine. Kimble. Jimmy's the most masculine man on TV. <laughs> Right now, he's got to thank goodness for that scruff. You know, he's got a heavy beard. Yeah. 
Very masculine. <laughs> yeah, Van Halen. Van Halen coming at you. Tammy Hagar version. I uh, noticed that. I'll talk to you about this after Jimmy, but some Van Halen observations I have to make. Jimmy Kimmel, first of all, let me congratulate myself. I backed the right horse. Uh, when Jimmy got on late night television, if you remember at that time, David Letterman was on and so was Jay Leno. And uh, I was friends with Jimmy through the whole thing. And in the beginning, you know, a lot of people didn't back Jimmy. No, Jimmy had a rough time at the beginning. That's right. But I was there for him. And now that Jimmy is the new king of late night, as we know, uh, obviously I was right. Right, Jimmy? Where is Jimmy? I don't see him. Maybe we lost him. Was he there? I'm seeing me. (laughs) Something you never want to see. Mm, Maybe Jimmy's connection is down robin i don't know is he in a would, trailer or is he in a home i don't you know, know where Jimmy he is oh, there he different is. places where he resides he's a camper a glamper there you are. <laughs> hey jimmy what's up howard hi hey how are you can you hear me yeah i hear you now we uh, had a little trouble di- uh connecting what was going on you have any idea Nothing on my end. I was just sitting here staring at a black screen, and then suddenly you appeared. Did you hear my intro? I said, you know what? I want to congratulate myself because I backed <laughs> Jimmy early on. Like, when you when you first started Late Night, man, you were, you know, you were up against Letterman and Leno. Everyone was like, oh, Jimmy, you know, who even thinks about Jimmy? And they put you on, like, after Nightline. And I was your friend back then, and I backed you. So I... um That's right. Yeah, That's now that right. you're the new king of late night, uh, all of a sudden uh, I look like a genius. You know what I mean? I don't know if you saw there was an exciting article in in the trades, and thank you by the way. Um, but Jay Leno is doing a new show, and he's um, he you said he has Groucho. no ill will. He said he has no ill will towards Conan. Oh, Isn't that nice? That was it's really well, nice of him. What a great thing. Did he really say that? Did he say he has no ill will toward Conan? Yeah. <laughs> did you laugh? Well, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> I did. You know, I laughed just like this. <laughs> you know what's weird, though? I read that, like, you, you, um, I, I think the two of us particularly dislike Jay um, for, <laughs> for various reasons. I mean, I again, I'll always say this about Jay. I think Jay is one of the best stand-up comics I ever saw. Early on, I, I yes. used to go see him at Garvin's in Washington, D.C., and he was just he was mind-blowingly good. So I don't want to take it away from his talent. But as a human being, I didn't like him. And uh, <laughs> But I'm sure he has reason not to like me, like going on a show with lesbians. That. Like, he's very talented. I dislike him intensely as a, as a person. His soul was black, but um, yeah. the rest of him was very bright and shiny. But then I read... Tell me if this is true, that when when your son Billy was uh, ill and he was in the hospital, that um, Jay picked up the phone and called you and made an overture to ask you. 
he he called to ask how your son is. Now you can't hate him anymore. Like you have to be <laughs> no, it nice. Make it hard. It makes it, it hard. <laughs> what was that? Com- take me through that conversation. Maybe here, I could play Jay. Oh. oh, hey, Jimmy, how you doing? What's <laughs> <laughs> it? Sounded just like that. He had a little yeah. bullhorn. It was weird. I don't know why he was using it, but um, no. What yeah, was that I like? Don't... Because you dislike him, and you want you know, and and it's hard to. You like to have a few enemies, so you have somebody you can talk about badly, and and then all of a sudden the guy does a, a magnanimous thing, and despite all the shit, and I remember when you went on and did a whole show dressed as Jay Leno. I mean, you yeah. busted his balls pretty good, and and um and then you went on his show, and they told you what not to say, and then you went on and said it. I I mean, I love this kind of you know anarchy, but uh, so what was it like when he called? Um. I don't remember exactly. I mean, it was nice. You know, it was nice of him to, to check in. I think he probably offered to to do something if I needed him to do anything. But at that point, it was, you know, in the hands of the doctors. And uh, right. um, I think Jay waited an appropriate amount of time. I don't think he called me, like, while I was in the hospital or anything like that. But <laughs> I did, it was nice of him to call. What <laughs> would Jay I'm do? I'm such an asshole. Maybe it's me that's the asshole. <laughs> now, what would Jay do for Billy that uh, the doctor's going to do? Donate a heart? Well, Jay's yeah. real good at fixing cars, so I think he figured he could get under Billy's hood and maybe <laughs> monkey around in there a little bit. <laughs> maybe help the doctors during the surgery? Grease him up some. Um, yeah, fix I mean that was a, It was a nice thing, but I could picture you going, Jay. Please don't call me with such a nice phone call. I, I, I enjoy hating you, and <laughs> so it does ruin it. It clouds everything. It's hard. So after the call, was there like a detente? In other words, you were like, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Well, sure, I'd say so. And I think he also, as I recall, we have um, um, somebody on our staff who has ALS, and Jay did something nice for for him as well. So. Um, I, yeah, mm. I'm just being a jerk. I don't know why I am. I know, you know, I'm why? just trying to be fun. It's early in the morning and I know you love this kind of thing. Why is he campaigning so hard to get back in your world and not mine? Like I, I was going to say, he's ooh. never had any of these openings with you. Yeah. He's never picked up the phone and tried to help ill members of my family. I have several people who are undergoing treatment. Uh, when, you know, well, when Robin maybe he was sick, know Jay, that would have been, yeah, but, it, but Robin was very highly publicized. He could have, uh, he could call me at any oh. point and say, Hey, I want to fix Robin. Just like I fixed <laughs> Jimmy's kid. I want to fix her. I want to fix he, her. <laughs> if he called, would you take club. the call? <laughs> would I take the call from Jay? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would because I've called mm-hmm. people to apologize for shit and, um, right. They take, I always appreciate them taking it. The, I've called, you know, I've told you in private people i've called and some people right, were nice yeah. to me and some people were they took they all took the call but some of them yelled at me <laughs> <laughs> and do you think you would yell or you would or you would forgive um I don't know. I, you know i know i probably should have i probably should have called you when i was stuttering john to be in a cell but i uh yeah it wasn't courteous and uh not professional and, yeah uh, all right you know you've been a friend okay for a yeah. long time yeah, I could have been. I, I guess I could accept that, but but then yeah. but the only problem is it would be not fun anymore. Like when I read that he was going to take oh, to do the show, you bet your life, you know the the yeah. legendary Groucho show. Right. I go, what a fucking set of balls on this guy. First of all, <laughs> Bill Cosby tried it; it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay, you know it, that show is so uniquely Groucho. By the way, and and, and full disclosure. Years ago, I was offered that show. The guy who owned the rights oh. to it 
called me up really? and said, I think you'd be perfect to reinvigorate You Bet Your Life. And I go, that would be such a clown move of me. Groucho was so brilliant at that. And so he goes, yeah, but you talk to people all the time and you're funny with them. And you could, and I go, you know what? You think that's easy? I go, that, that, you know, what Groucho did was so fucking hard. And you know, no one's going to watch Jay trying to be Groucho Marx and have cute I don't know, maybe they, people. I doubt probably most people don't even know Groucho hosted the show. You know, they're probably think it's care. a brand new show format. Oh, look at you. One favor. He's, he's really changed. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not defending it. I just, I mean, really, like, I think I've seen maybe like 12 seconds of Groucho hosting You Bet Your Life. You know, it's like just one of those things. It's not available on TV. You'd have to, like, seek it out to know what it was. It was great. But anyway, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I don't give a shit about Jay, quite frankly. I mean, I, I mean, fine. I'm glad you guys up. made up. I think I'm glad we had that moment. <laughs> you were really good as Jay. The way you played it was perfect. I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. It's over. You have to use all the notes in music. <laughs> He's got a lot of vocal range. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, here's Jay's quote on, and then we'll, we'll get off Jay. I don't know why we're talking so much about him, but here's his quote on You Bet Your Life. There's no politics here. We just want everyone to be laughing at the end. Okay. There it is. No politics. In other words, okay, so we've got maniacs in our country who won't get vaccinated, but you're just going to sit there and pretend like everybody's on the same team. Okay, good. Another fucking bullshit move. You know what? Fiddler while Rome burns. Yes. You know, Jay, Jay's what, in his 70s? How about fucking getting some balls in your 70s and say, you know, maybe I don't have to have everyone on my side in show business. I'm going to come out and say, get vaccinated, you dumb fucking assholes. <laughs> Everyone's so vaccinated. Oh, he's, he's well, vaccinated. the secret word will be vaccine every night. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, maybe Moderna <laughs> will be the secret word. Everyone's so angry. We need to see more fun on TV. There's enough fun on TV. <laughs> People need to get angry. That's all we is got. Is it true? Is it true that, I mean, you were very, and I, I was always proud of you. you. You you always were very vocal in your monologues and everything with Trump. I mean, we know that. And you take a lot of shit from right-wing media and all that. But um, is it true that ABC Network tried to silence you or calm you down about the anti-Trump stuff? There was a time, and this was like kind of early on, this is before it felt like a cold red type situation, but there was definitely a time where I, I believe they would have preferred that I leave it alone and not focus so much on it, for mm. sure. Really? Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, you know. Why, though? Well, because they were, they were a lot so of shit. scared of him. And I think they were afraid that he was going to screw with them at a corporate level. Mm, right. Because yeah. when you're the president of the United States, you can fuck with people behind the scenes and take out vendettas. And they were trying you know? to buy Fox. You know, they're in the middle of, of that merger or whatever you want to call it, acquisition. And uh, I think that rightly so they, they worried. I mean, normally in a normal situation, you wouldn't worry about the president of the United States uh, you know, punishing companies for petty reasons. But in this case, I think it was a, uh, a rational fear. No, you're right. I mean, I, I think back to the days in terrestrial radio where I got in trouble with the government and they basically fucked with the company I worked for. They said, we're not going to approve any new licenses for you guys unless you get stern under control. 
And when the government starts doing that, then, man, it's scary. And I get it. If, you, if you're if you the head of ABC and you're like, oh, shit, this guy Trump's unhinged. And it looks like he's becoming a dictator. But he could fuck with us really badly. I know. Yeah. But but good for yeah. them for, you know, letting you do your thing. I mean, you didn't did, stop. Yeah. 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 I think when I, I said, listen, this is just what I'm going to do, and um, I hope it's okay, but I'm still going to do it. And they, I think, I think they, they, under, they understood, and I think they made the right decision because they certainly could have intervened if, if they wanted to. My theory is you're so sick of working that you just kept at it, hoping they'd fire you. Maybe that's <laughs> it too. Maybe it was 15 years ago I wouldn't have been so principled. Right. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, there's this report in the Daily Beast that Trump used to go to his advisors, whoever his advisors are, because I think they're all as crazy as he is. But he'd go to his advisors Larry and lawyers. Larry Moe and Curley. Yeah, Larry Moe, his lawyers, Larry Moe and Curley, and, and ask them to, like, mitigate jokes. Like, like, how could he somehow, you know, get a hold of the situation, meaning you, you know, and Colbert and a couple other people. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he really wanted to make you guys stop any way he could, whether legally or through, you know, contacting you guys privately. He was really fucking bummed out about what you were saying. So did you see what he said the other night about me and, uh, and, and Jimmy Fallon? He, he was on Greg Gutfeld's show and he spoke about me extensively and he's made up the story. There's this story that he's told before. That's just a crazy story. And it's, I don't know. I feel like he must believe it because he sticks to the details of the story as he told it the first time. But he's made up this story in which, first of all, he says he was on my show many times before he ran for president, which is he was on once. It right. was 2007. And he claims that I was waiting outside on Hollywood Boulevard for him. And that uh, I was nervous to speak to him and I greeted him and I opened his door when he pulled up in front of the theater. It's like, first of all, none of the guests I think have ever entered through the front door of our theater. It's just not how it goes. So right. I know. We, I have never I don't even say hello to the guests before the show. So, sir, I'm certainly not out working as a, a valet parking guy, greeting them as they pull into the lot. And thirdly, if I was out there greeting anybody, it would be Oprah and not him. That's for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, listen, the guy was on TV. Who cares? I'm, I'm not out there waving him into the, the theater. So he's made this story up and he's told it on a number of occasions. And. It's weird when somebody, you know, we know he lies all the time, but it's very strange when the story involves you and you know what the details are or aren't. And you hear them, you know, these just really like specifically and expressly making up a story. The president of the United States is a liar. He lies and he doesn't just lie about things maybe he feels he needs to lie about. He lies about stupid things. Yeah, it's weird because um, people who lie, I mean, who are pathological liars, they, like Larry King wrote a book and told a whole story about Sandy Koufax. And right. Sandy Koufax read the book and went, I don't know this guy. I never met him. It was about them as kids in Brooklyn. They loved ice cream. And in order to get the certain ice cream, they got in a car and they drove all the way up to Monticello, New York. And they, you know, it was like this very involved story. And then it came out that the Sandy Koufax goes, I don't know this guy. I've never known him my whole life. I, I, I mean, I see him on TV, but I don't know him. 
it's a weird thing. Like, because I know part of Trump's story is like, Jimmy Kimmel used to kiss my ass before politics. And now that I'm in politics, he doesn't kiss my ass anymore, which yet that makes total sense. He didn't know your politics before. Yeah, he right. liked you. Yeah, I he wasn't I'm the a same danger way. to the country. He was the right. host of a reality show. <laughs> I love Donald. I, I have no problem telling you before politics. I had got, I'd gotten, you know, he was at my wedding. He, we, we got such a yeah. kick out of him. He was such a character. And part of his character was he was this verbose, um, kind of braggart. He, he just, he, he was over the top and it was fun. But when you become the president, and you start to fuck with the system and say the the, the, the election is rigged, uh, people should you know overthrow the election. And then it changes the relationship. That's the bottom line. That's it. In yeah. a nutshell, he doesn't like yeah. that. He doesn't. He doesn't think it should have gone that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we should have been on should bunk like beds him. in the Lincoln bedroom, spending the night with him. I guess. Yeah. I, yeah, I think the thing that bothers him the most was he wasn't accepted by Hollywood. Like, he he says Hollywood's horrible and this and that, but all he wants to, is to, like, why for Obama did Bruce Springsteen perform, but he won't perform for me? You know, he doesn't see why. He just doesn't get Look it. Look how desperate he is to get back in the spotlight. I mean, he was part of a very low-rent boxing match this weekend. I mean, yeah. he's out there for On almost three hours babbling on 9-11, no less, on the 20th anniversary of the attacks uh, on 9-11, for which he was here in New York. He is a New Yorker. And the way he chose to commemorate that is to sit ringside at the Evander Holyfield match with his stupid <laughs> son talking and making stupid comments that had almost nothing to do with boxing. And I can't imagine that anybody paid to watch that. I hope he was given some kind. I hope whatever financial deal he was given was related to how many people signed up. Because other than <laughs> the guys I had to pay to watch that for me so they could gather clips, I don't know that anyone was watching. I would love to know how many people actually sat through that bullshit. Because it's just, uh, it's just incredible. And yet somehow he's managed to to become bulletproof. I mean, he, this is a guy who calls people rhinos. He calls them Republicans in name only. He was a Democrat 20 years ago. He was at <laughs> Hillary Clinton's, Hillary Clinton was at his wedding. This is insanity yeah. that people buy into this bullshit. It's crazy. He can't what lose you, those people no matter what he does. What do yeah. you do? Like, like, how do you get through to those people who just don't see it? But I don't know. I want him I to go back to just being. Through. I just want him to go back to being my, my friend at Mar-a-Lago and going over there. I, I took Jimmy one night. I just want him to go away. <laughs> I took Jimmy one night. Jimmy came Jimmy uh, came down to visit me in Florida, and uh, I used to go to Mar-a-Lago all the time. I loved it there. I, I, I loved eating <laughs> dinner the there. That's the part that puzzles me, the you loved it there part, because it wasn't good when we went there. I mean, it was. You say that. You really yeah. didn't like it. I could tell that night you were bumming up. First of all, I love the horrible place. Really? Yeah. You why, yeah, why I mean, did you feel that way? It was fun going there with you guys cuz I got a kick out of your kick out of it, but I felt like we were vi we were um like we had a rich uncle who died and we were at his funeral. That's what it felt like at that Because point. what? Cuz everyone was old there? Everyone was old. The place was just covered with pictures of him. It's gaudy. It's, it's <laughs> just it's the See, reason I love that. It's the reason it's every reason to hate rich people. <laughs> like kind of Well, but 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 you know what I looked at it like? 
we went out on that patio. Remember, it was yeah. the four of us. And uh-huh. we were there with our wives. And we were all kind of dressed up because his address code. And, like, Trump was sitting there with Melania at the next table. And, like, you know, he was excited that we were there. I don't think he sure. was there the night. Oh, he wasn't there, there that night? Oh, he no, wasn't, he wasn't that, there. That's yeah. too bad. That was another night? You were there all the time? Oh my well, God. I took my in-laws there once, and he gave us a tour, like even his inner bedroom and everything. And, you know, it, it was so Donald Trump was very gaudy, but it was very nice of him. He was very lovely. And I, I like, <laughs> I, I don't know, like we were sitting outside. Is and it, it was nice a beautiful... or is he just showing off? Is he just trying right, to show yeah. you that he's rich? He's showing you that you're ri- that he's rich, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm saying it was fun. It was, you know, to me, it was sort of... Uh, I don't know. I just had a big smile on my face. I thought, and when I took you there, I thought, oh, Jimmy's going to just die. Like we're sitting. No, at this you're table. right. I did. I, I thought it was. Fun. You died a bit. <laughs> I mean, it's you know he's got he had. I don't know if it's still up, but he had a um, cover variety magazine, right, hanging in the lobby at this place. And yeah, it's it's a beautiful building, and the you know area is beautiful, and all of those things, but. He had a variety magazine hanging in the front area and it had, it wasn't even like a picture of him, or like he made the cover or something like that. It just had the Nielsen ratings for the year and it, like the show wasn't even number one. This is another weird fiction that he is, you know, it's like he's made it like The Apprentice was the biggest hit show in history. It was ridiculous. Right. It was a, a pretty good hit for a little while and then it wasn't, but right. it was like number 17 for the year and he has this hanging in the, I mean, this is something you expect to go see, like at like Adam West's house. Like, if Adam <laughs> West wanted to show you how proud he was of Batman and how successful it was in yeah. the '60s, he would have that hanging. You go, okay, well, that's kind of cute, but it was just like, what? <laughs> this is nothing to be that excited about. You, but but you he wasn't president. But when he wasn't president, that was funny. You know, it was just like this character who, like, again, it's oh, like, it's, um, it's funnier now in a way. You know. <laughs> Yeah, but like, like to me, yeah. like I know what you're talking about, like putting up the cover when he was on Time Magazine. Except he wasn't on Time Magazine. It's one of those that yeah. you you he, you have somebody make up, up for you. And <laughs> I and I always Universal thought, Studios. Yeah, yeah. And I always thought to myself, well, there's no way he'll win because once people see he made up a cover of himself, that that alone would just be disturbing, and they would go, "I'm yeah. not voting for him." But it, they voted for him. I mean, you know, even. Even this past election, you got a lot of votes, you know. I feel like we have to make a rule is that if you if you have a photograph of yourself on the cover of Time magazine and you weren't on the cover of Time magazine, you're not <laughs> eligible to run for president of the United States. <laughs> Such a good now rule. That's a that's a legitimate rule I could live by, you know. I really could. <laughs> I uh it's funny. I I made some comments the first day back on the air. So I made some comments. I mean, just right. like not, nothing all that crazy, nothing that great. I mean, I just was talking about how, you know, the unvaccinated are a bunch of assholes and we shouldn't uh, allow people who don't get the vaccine to get into hospitals when they get COVID and blah, 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 blah. And I got attacked, but it was funny. Your name got thrown. They go, everyone who was attacking me was like Howard Stern and Jimmy Kimmel. It was like a, it was like a morning team. I said team. something similar, I think, um, that night. And what I said, and then, boy, I have to say it's disappointing when, when what are supposed to be real newspapers like the Washington Post completely misrepresent what you said. I mean, the completely misrepresent. I mean, the Washington Post said something to the effect of Jimmy Kimmel says unvaccinated people shouldn't get hospital beds, which is not at all what I said. What I said is if the, the gist of it was if the hospitals are full 
and you have to choose between people who are vaccinated and unvaccinated, to me, the choice seems pretty clear. I mean, you've put yourself in that situation. Somebody who's who's done everything they can to protect not themselves, but this whole goddamn country, which came to a grinding halt. And it's not just about the people who got sick and who died. It's about all these people who are out of work and all these restaurants that had to shut down and all these people who suffered for such a long time, who are now still suffering, who potentially could suffer all over again because these fucking assholes won't get a fucking vaccine. And the one that's really driving me crazy is I'm going to wait and see. It's like, how long? First of all, thanks for making us your guinea pigs, assholes. Secondly, right. how long are you planning to wait? Uh, I've had this vaccine for like, what, eight months or something now. I haven't keeled over. What are you waiting to see if I die a natural death? I mean, what are you waiting for exactly? The vaccine works. Name one person who's died from this vaccine. Name no one. one person. There's I can no name one. 10 people I know who've died from the, from COVID. I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't want to get and, on and the whole thing again, but I know, but the real, th- the real crime is too. Like you see, like, uh, Cardi B says, uh, her, her friend. No, uh, it was, uh, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj yeah. rather. Sorry. Yeah. But, uh, Nicki Minaj said, uh, her friend got, uh, you know, he, he, he can't He's get an erection now. He's impotent because her cousin's uh, friend. Yeah. I yeah. love this because, yeah, her cousin's friend's testicles blew up to an enormous <laughs> Like, wait a minute. Did they, where did they give him the shot? <laughs> was it in when the nuts? Did, because that wasn't where it was supposed to go. The weird thing to me is, and I, I'll never get over this for, for the rest of my life, that this has become like a thing like, oh, you're a liberal because you want to make uh. everyone get the shot. And I'm like. Dude, the history of this country, any time there was a problem, what, polio, uh, you know, measles, mumps, we had to get vaccinated. This is not a new thing. But there is precedent for it. If you think about it, climate change shouldn't be that either, you know. Right, and, uh, right. There's no reason it should be a, um, a partisan issue. It, it isn't a partisan issue. It's a weather issue. It's a climate issue. It's something that's all around us. And we, we've now, we're now at the point where everything is like that. And I think they need to, these politicians need to be very, very careful at the beginning. I mean, if you think about it, Donald Trump got the vaccine. Donald Trump's administration ordered the development of the vaccine. The idea that his people now are, and not all of them, I think most of them still went and got it, but that they're resistant to getting it makes no sense whatsoever. None. But then he goes up and he gives a speech and he says, you know, you should get the vaccine. I got it. And people start booing him. And suddenly he backtracks because he doesn't want to be, <laughs> you know, he doesn't want to be that guy. He, but uh, he wants to be loved. Goddamn shame. It really is. It's just a the shame. psychological game of, of Donald is so, you know, I wish I could get a hold of him and talk, talk to him sensibly because I'd say, Donald, look, it's very classic. You want to be loved by everyone. I know that's disturbing to you, it, it, but you, but the real basis of this is you want everyone to love you and they don't. And so you're willing to say anything to get people to love you. And it's just getting the world in more and more trouble. And so find oh, real I'll love. Stop. Like yeah, you, you just, you just, you just, you just want you to sort of give them about the world in order. For yeah. That to yeah. He doesn't to have those feelings. What, um, you know, it, the, this whole COVID thing is so weird too, because I was telling uh, everyone we got back from vacation, you know, me, I, I mean, you, you're looser than I am about COVID. And, the, and when I say looser, I mean, you're willing to travel and do stuff. I mean, I'm just locked up in my house. And finally, the summer comes 
and we got double vaccinated. And Jimmy and Molly said, hey, we're going to come out to New York. We're going to spend a couple of days with you. They spent like five days at my house. And it was kind of cool because I really had hope that now things would loosen up and we could start having people. And so Jimmy is like, because um, I had friends who were going to come visit me next week. And I, I called it off because now we're back to this Delta variant. But for five glorious days, we actually spent time together and had a great time. I mean, I had a great time. I don't know if you did, but. No, it we was had a, fun. it was it was great to see you guys and to catch up and um and it's a shame. And we're not going to live forever, you know. We have now we have to block 2 years out of our lives where we can't socialize and we can't uh do the things. And I know that's a small sacrifice compared to what a lot of people have been through and have done, but it just makes me mad. I mean, it just it it's uh, I'm tired of being mad all the time. It's, this is just me common too. sense. I mean, you know, it, it's people are so inconsistent in their thinking. I, people are um so quick to like ban smoking. It's like you can, uh, you know what? I don't like to breathe in smoke, so I'm happy that they ban smoke. Well, where were the where were the freedom soldiers then? I mean, if I have a restaurant and I decide I want to let people smoke in it and I put up a sign that says you don't have to come in here if you don't like smoke, um that's your option or you don't have to work here if you you don't like having smoke in your lungs that's your option but nobody complains about that because they just don't like the smell of smoke right and well, yet hey all of a sudden now we're you know we're so principled all of a sudden it's really remarkable how our principles have have risen to the i mean have and and these guys that are getting vaccinated and are not asserting themselves i mean at least like sean hannity who's you know uh 98 awful told his viewers to get vaccinated. You know, right. we need more of that. We need more of these people that they trust. These people who we know secretly did get the vaccine or right. just quietly did get the vaccine. To speak. Those are, that, that would be, um, I don't even want to call it heroic. That would just be normal. That would be like, you know, come on, guys. Let's medical. call it heroic just so they feel oh. like heroes. So there's some benefit to it because uh, nobody's listening to us, unfortunately. I think we've reached everyone that we're going to reach and i think we're at the point now where there's just no convincing anybody well now but with they're this not Delta going to listen these people have their own agenda and nobody's in charge of them trump thinks he's in charge but like you said he mentions the vaccine he gets booed and he immediately backs off because they but only somebody, want to hear what they want to hear but if somebody who's very well respected say a scott Bayo, say a kevin sorbo <laughs> <laughs> John Voight. A Voight. What's that kid's name from, uh, yeah, the one? Uh, Frankie who was Munoz, in the box perhaps. <laughs> Frankie Muniz. But uh, you know what's weird? Like, now with this Delta variant, like, what a small window. I'm glad we planned you coming to the house because I think now I would just say, hey, Jimmy, don't come because I'm I'm too weirded out with all these new variants and everything. It was like this one little window. My kids were here one weekend. Uh, no, they were here a whole week. And then you uh, showed up uh, the week later. And then and the so, doors closed again, right? And then the doors <laughs> closed. <laughs> and it was like crazy. Uh, it's just crazy. It's just fucking crazy. It's like, I don't know, man, but it was, it was fun. I, did you yeah, hear me tell What did this? you do? I mean, did if, you, I mean, did you go out or, you know, nope. what did you do? No, we, we didn't go home. out. We, we went um, for a walk one time and we called Ronnie, which was yeah. fun. 
I said to J- Jimmy was asking me all these Ronnie questions. So we, we went on a, lo- a romantic walk together. Our wives, for some reason, walk ahead of us. Uh, what do you we, think? It, what do you think that is? <laughs> well, you know, I served in Vietnam, and uh, that's how we used to check for landmines. We'd put the women in front <laughs> oh, of us. You sent the women out first. <laughs> yes. Well, look, you know, I was a soldier. I had to do whatever I needed to do. But, but no, no. We, our wives walk in front. First of all, I think Jimmy and I are very slow walkers. I know I am at this point. And Jimmy, Jimmy feels bad for me. And stays with me. And he but, hangs um, with you. And plus, we're very desirous of masculine talk. And the masculine talk, of course, led to Ronnie. How did we get on the topic Mm -hmm. of Ronnie? I think, well, you know, I was very upset because I assumed that when Ronnie moved to Las Vegas, that was it for him on the show. Right. And I felt that this was a major blow. And I was so happy to hear otherwise, you know, and I guess if there's one good thing that has come of this COVID is I don't know if he would have had that arrangement with Ronnie previously, right? right? Probably not. No, we wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. It would have been well, an occasional phone call on his birthday every once in a while. But um so, yeah, we wanted to check in with Ronnie. And I always laugh because everybody's talking about Las Vegas like he's, um you know, like he's moving to the Mongolian desert or something like that. <laughs> you know, I grew up in Las Vegas. It was yeah, but- how hot it is. Yeah, it's hot for two months and it's nice the whole rest of the year. But I love the idea of Ronnie in Las Vegas. I wish there was a camera to capture every moment of Ronnie's new life there. And, well, um, you're absolutely right because Ronnie, first of all, you were bad on the phone call. I have to give you a D minus. I was. Because, yes, oh. because <laughs> I was calling Ronnie so we could goof around about how hot it is there. And you get on with Ronnie and you go, you know what, Ronnie? I lived in Vegas. It's wonderful. And uh, don't worry about the heat. It'll dissipate by uh, the fall. Don't worry about it. And I was like, well, what fun is that? We can't make fun is of it uh, the, Ronnie. Isn't the heat the least interesting thing to make fun of about Las Vegas? I mean, I like to think of Ronnie. There's like a strip club on every corner in Las Vegas. And <laughs> I like to think of Ronnie's going to find like a home club that he goes to. He'll be the norm from Cheers of that strip joint and which right. one will it be will it one be one of the like off the beaten path strip clubs where you know sometimes the women are missing teeth um or will yeah, it be or, the or where they're allowed to be one? fully nude you know with no bottoms on i think that ronnie would be attracted to a club where is there that you can be fully um, nude in vegas yeah as long as you don't serve alcohol right it's not the rule. right. Yeah, they'll bring yeah. you like an orange juice. It's funny because it's like <laughs> it's like the most um, filthy adult situation, and then they're serving you like what you get at a children's birthday party. Here's your orange aid with a Dixie cup, sir. Uh, enjoy the ladies. Enjoy enjoy your dancer. But uh, yeah, and I remember Ronnie, you're just gambling at that? the supermarket. Imagine that for a minute, just like Ronnie going into Albertsons and then sitting at the slot machine that, you know, there's super, there's slot machines in the well, supermarket. Stephanie shops or something. <laughs> yeah. Stephanie buys a fucking groceries. <laughs> just the idea of what could be more depressing than running an animal hospital in the desert in Las Vegas. <laughs> retirement. So you don't oh, think the animals don't make it? Do you do you think and he'll Ronnie be at reception, right? Do you think he'll be um he'll ha- be happy in Vegas? I mean, he's never going to admit he's unhappy. He's always going be, Well, the only way Ronnie's really happy is when you hypnotize him. So, uh, right. but there are a lot of hypnotists in Las Vegas. I do think he will be happier there than he would I mean, if you think about Las Vegas, it's kind of built for Ronnie. I mean, you've got that NASCAR element. 
you've got, I don't know if Ronnie's a gambler. I don't think he's necessarily a big gambler, but maybe he'll dabble in it just for fun. You've mm-hmm. got, um, you know, and you got a lot of strippers and, um, whores. It's good place to retire if you're an older person. And I don't and know. And then there yeah, are the shows. Not... Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie at the shows. Uh, yeah. Because he's share. Ronnie at the shows. <laughs> Ronnie. Yeah. Ronnie. Yeah, but you know, they even like Vegas is known for the girlfriend experience too. They have all those like professional hookers who give you a whole weekend. But but Ronnie won't do that. I think he's loyal to his girlfriend, so I think he'll be yeah. okay there. Yeah, yeah, but, maybe his know, wife will do that. Yeah. But I thought it was fun that we were walking on the on the track. Uh, we walked over <laughs> to the high school when we got on the track, and then it's called Ronnie for entertainment. And, uh, but I thought, I, I thought it would have been more fun to talk to him about how horrible the weather was and that it was 112 degrees that day. But you, uh, you backed off that. You were kind of kind to him, I thought. Well, it does. It's, I'm from there. It doesn't bother me. I can take 112 in Vegas. To me, 112 in Vegas, I take any day over 90 in Florida. There's not even a, it's not even close. Really? Yeah. Oh, because not of the humidity. Yeah. 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 What, what, um, so when you were here at the house, to answer Robin's question, I mean, you know, yeah. uh, I was talking about we had a really nice time. You know, we did, we basically, what do we do? I don't even know. We just like talked. We, we watched some, did we watch any TV? I don't even think we did. did we, we did. We watched The Bachelor. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You were, you were against watching The Bachelor, but Molly and Beth and myself, we wanted to all see it so badly that you went along yeah. with it. Yeah. But I you brought you some boil sport. Yeah, yeah you hadn't been following it. Yeah, me it was good the episode. Bachelor read at that time. It wasn't the Bachelor, right? Yeah, right. It was the I Bachelor. I remember me trying to drum up enthusiasm for watching Black Widow, right? Um, with the uh, with the ladies, I don't. I I approached. It, I was like, "You guys like Scarlett Johansson, right?" And they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, we should watch Black Widow instead." We wound up watching uh, the reality version of Black Widow, The Bachelor. Speaking of Ronnie, uh, he's the one who recommended the Scarlett Johansson. He goes, you got to watch it. The camera's on her ass the whole fucking time. And it's like, oh, there's a review. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's all ass shots. You know, we um, were very uh, conscious, conscious of uh, not being the first ones to visit you. That was the. You know, Molly initially was saying, oh, maybe we should go out and visit in July. And I said, I don't want to be the first ones there. We need some canaries in that coal mine before we show up. <laughs> we were so nervous. Well, family did that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I didn't first... want to be the first people you saw because I knew that there would be um, trepidation. Well, the first people were supposed to be Mary McCormick, my movie wife, and her husband, Michael. They were going to come visit us before you. So, cause you even said, is anyone coming to visit before me? I said, Jimmy, yeah, Mary and Michael are coming. And, um, so they canceled because their flight got canceled at the last minute and, um, they were out. So you, but then my kids, they came for the week. We hung out. Everything was cool. And then, uh, and then you were coming. And, uh, I got to tell you, I was so fucking nervous when you were coming to the house because I am so weirded out by COVID. I so don't want to get it. And Jimmy and Molly had a, they had to, they had to take a test before they got on the plane, uh, (laughs) flew out here. And then I had a a person come and uh, give us tests before they entered the house. 
Yeah, the next morning. It's we easier to get into yeah. Australia than Howard. <laughs> <laughs> we quarantined them in their room. And then once your test came back negative, it was like, this is so great. You could great. move around. <laughs> yeah, like I could navigate in my own home. I was just like, uh, oh, God. Yeah, but, uh, well, leading up to that trip, we were pretty nervous. We were like, we got I, I was, I was holding my breath. I think all week it, with nervousness that we might somehow get COVID <laughs> and, and bring it to you, which would have been the worst thing that could ever happen. I mean, yeah. I don't know that our relationship would have survived that. Wouldn't I? Think I love you, if, but I would, yeah, I would have no, been pissed. I, yeah, that would have been the end of it, really. <laughs> pretty much. And, and and it's sad because you're like my only friend, so uh, you know, <laughs> like oh, there goes another friend. Well, that's um, the end of that. So I always Maybe say Jay this. Leno will call and I'll get another one. I always I always say this about uh, Jimmy. He's one of the most generous guys. He was very appreciative that we had him over. And did you, oh, you heard me talking about this? I've heard you. Of course, I heard. You talking. <laughs> oh, okay. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be a visit without a post complaint um it's funny because you never express any of these things while we're actually there you wait till you get back to work beforehand and in this yeah. case you have to wait quite some time because you had to go but he had to sit on uh, that a long time yeah I, you and know I what did i did notice yeah go ahead what's that yeah no, besides no, not liking the ring that that i got you which i do still believe that in six months you will you will change your mind similar to the ass-washing toilet and you'll start wearing it because it's fun to <laughs> monitor your sleep. But in addition to that, I've noticed it used to be when we would come visit, you would um, put the painting that I had made of you and Beth for your wedding in the guest right. You forgot, Howard? Was that this a oh, time, I fucked up. I fucked this up. This time, no, there was, it was not up. It was Jimmy, still Jimmy, in storage. Jimmy bought me a painting. One of his favorite artists, and I, I don't want to disparage the guy, but it's it's horrible. And, uh, <laughs> Robin, you know it isn't. It's 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 just not. Uh, Robin, not leave Robin out of this. Learned. But no, uh, Jimmy got a, a painting done of which is the sweetest gift in the world. This is what I mean about this guy. He's very generous. You know, he commissioned someone to paint me sitting on the beach with Beth, and I look like an inflatable balloon. I don't even, it's so hideous. My legs are big and thick, and my ankles are cankles. And I, he has I mean, it's a just, style. Yeah, yes. The guy has a style, and, and Beth looks like a train hitter. And, uh, you know, but I mean, it's sweet. And, you know, literally for years when Jimmy would come visit, I'd say to Beth, listen, we'll put this fucking thing in the attic. And then a week before Jimmy comes, we must always, must always remember to put. And for years, we've hung this painting That's when right, Jimmy every and Molly time. come. Every time. And you want to know something? I was going to ask you if we did anything wrong, and you're right. We didn't hang up the, uh, the, the painting. The painting. Yeah, the painting was not up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Which is ludicrous when you think about it, because I'm busy on the air telling everyone I know that you, I, you, you you know that we do this. Me, yet you don't have it up, and you put it up, yeah. So, but still, in a way, it's a nice tradition. Is yeah. is there any? Was it's there a anything? Welcome to you. Is there anything? Yeah. Uh, uh, Beth's going to be mortified. She even said, "Ask Jimmy on the air," because he would never say it um, <laughs> off the air. Ask Jimmy on the air if anything was like wrong. Like, was the air conditioning fucked up? Was it? Tell me now. You can be totally honest. What was wrong? Like, like I always thought you liked Mar-a-Lago. Now you were honest and you said it's no, horrible. No, I told you. I told you this. It was. I mean, I enjoyed the evening, the experience. I liked getting to see what it was, but um, right. it's not like a place I'd ever go a second time. Wrong. Um, you know, I think that 
I'm the same way. I want to know after somebody stays at my house yes. what I can do better, not just for them, but for the next guest. And so I'm always very honest with Beth, and I'll tell her. So there's nothing that that I, that I can think of. I mean, I think I made a couple of suggestions like a few years ago about just like how you know like putting the Wi-Fi on a card or something like that. But everything is perfect. It. I mean, it really was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Except was for the picture, yeah. The picture, Except no, the that's picture. good. That's yeah. good to know. It really Except is. The picture. Yeah. So after Jimmy is stays at your house, and I recommend having Jimmy at your house. He's entertaining. Uh, he's not annoying. He's a very good guest, and his no wife pranks? is even no pranks were playing. no. He knows better. He knows better. He, <laughs> he didn't <laughs> leave a human. He didn't leave a human shit in the cat box or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> he was very respectful uh, because you know I don't take well to pranks. I don't like pranks, and, but we have a genuinely nice time. It's just really, it's chill. Like even Beth will say to me, you know, some people are a pain in the ass, but when Jimmy and Molly come, it's like you want to get together with them. And and then when you don't want to be with them, they go off to their room. We go off to some whatever we're doing. They and, give and you your like, space. You don't have to ma- you don't have to maintain them. You know what I mean? It's not like they're like I'm bored. What are we supposed to do? Well, we right, you're not a camp that. counselor making sure they're yeah. occupied all the time. Yeah, I've had guests where I have to wear a whistle so that I can call <laughs> everyone for activity time. Activities. Yeah. So, but but Jimmy, after he leaves. Start sending gift after gift after gift. And I say to Beth, this is embarrassing. He doesn't have to get us uh, gifts. You know, it's, you know, you send so many things. And one of these things is uh, Jimmy's wife, Molly, was wearing this ring. What's it called, Jimmy? The Aura Ring. It's O-U-R-A. Okay. So I... I even see she's wearing a ring on her middle finger, you know, your, your fuck you finger. And I'm like, who wears a ring on their middle finger? You know what I mean? And, and Beth never wears a ring on her middle finger. She's very particular about jewelry. But Molly starts explaining the aura ring. You wear it and it tracks all your movements. It tracks how far you walk, uh, if you, how much exercise you get. And uh, it's. I said uh, it to know. track Molly's bowel movements even. Yeah. Well, no, you don't. But it doesn't do that. <laughs> By the way, I meant to tell you this. Tim Stack, yeah. member from Son yeah. of the Beach, he sent me an yeah. article. They now have a toilet that's coming out that will read your fecal matter <laughs> and send it to your computer and it tracks that we can find all kinds of health problems. Like that I'm going to get. Wow. I want, my, I want my excrement read. I want to know. It's already on the way you to your house. Results. Instantaneously, <laughs> you, you get, get results. results. It, it, it analyzes <laughs> your movements. And and seriously, it discovers major illnesses. And it sends it right to your phone. Like what? Sends it right to your phone, and it, it and analyzes what you're eating, and are you getting enough nutrition, and everything. Now that you know, all from but, your duty. But anyway, so Molly describes this ring, and Jimmy describes it, and how wonderful it is, and it even monitors their sleep. And they, I go, guys, I know if I slept well. <laughs> no, you don't know when you're in REM. You don't know deep sleep. It breaks it all down. <laughs> I mean, uh, so I said, that would drive me crazy. But anyway, whenever Beth hears that Jimmy and Molly are doing something, she loves them so much that now she, I know she would normally hate this thing. If I got it, <laughs> she would say, I don't want that. But because she Jimmy didn't and order Molly, it for herself, right? Uh, no, Jimmy sent it with a box of rings. We had to get our ring size, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, I'm not wearing that thing. 
And Beth put it on, and now she wear, she wears it every day. She gets full reports. We're sitting and relaxing, and it said, it, it emailed her and said, don't you think it's time you moved around? The woman never sits down all day. I said, honey, throw that fucking ring out. <laughs> throw it out. Get rid of it. There's no way that's good for you. And she is sticking with this ring. And anything that goes wrong with her medically, I go, it's from the ring. It's got, uh, it's reading your, it's, I'm telling you, it's the ring. But she's wearing you, it. Dr. Agus wears this ring. That's where he I know. Like maybe it was something. Yeah. He's got one of these. Yeah. Do you wear it? I wear one on my penis. Yes. Uh, no. Well, I, I do. Yeah. I'm, I wore it. I was, ha I had it on. Yeah. I wear it. You wear it every I night like and it. you get it. And you like a report on how well you slept? That would make me neurotic. I'd be like, I thought I slept well. What do I want to know that I slept badly? I don't, it makes me, I feel competitive. I get like a 95. I'm like, look at this. Look how well I slept. I can see every, at exactly what times my son woke me up in the night. I, I can see it's how many times I had to go pee. It's great. <laughs> it Is also, that right? I mean, listen, I don't care if anybody buys this ring. And if you throw it out, that's fine. But it measure it it could tell you like you know when it can tell you when you have covid actually because your body temperature increases and it will give you a heads up that your temperature is is getting high so what do you How, think about that well that's good i guess uh, mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know yeah, uh, they believe haven't you. invented a thermometer yet <laughs> but well a thermometer right. you'd have to actively use this is there it's <laughs> monitoring you i find the ring a little too invasive in our world i mean the ring actually emailed beth and said you could do better than howard i mean that's a okay it's upsetting by the way as you know you took my jewelry <laughs> you took the um but anyway and then you sent a, a ton of other gifts and things there was constant deliveries coming in molly, really? sent, molly sent beth a dress that looks amazing oh. on her it's very, I was very hot. Say, I, I don't think I did, but I guess Molly must have. Yeah. Molly did. And uh, Molly's lovely. She really is. And, Why do uh, you guys feel that you have to send so many gifts? Well, Jimmy's appreciative. I, I think we have well, two different... Well, I want to hear from uh, him. What? Well, number one, it's very hard to get anything for Beth and Howard. And, you know, they don't want most things. And so I'm super careful. Like, even when we're going through your art studio and i thought i was looking at your watercolors and how you mix them and i, I asked you well, what happens when you run out of a particular color it must be very difficult to match that color and you ex were explaining how it works to me i thought it would be helpful if he had plastic lids on those containers to keep the the paint wet and but i didn't want to order plastic lids to your house because i knew you would consider that and can i tell you something the, the, yeah. Let me tell you something. You're a genius, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> After you said that to me, I went online. I found plastic lids for my paints. I now have about 20 of them. I meant to tell you this. It's you the did greatest, me, actually, and I was quite the, tickled. And but I didn't want to be the one to send them because I knew they wouldn't be the right size. They wouldn't fit the you know a lot of different reasons, but. To be able to improve your life in any way is a real challenge. And so I take that challenge, and I thought that the aura ring, and I still think that maybe the aura ring might make itself known. You think I should wear it? Maybe I'll try it. I, I, but I, it's going to drive me crazy if, I didn't, if I, I'm going to go, wow, I woke up so 
fresh this morning. I feel great. Then I open my email and it goes, you had a horrible night's sleep. I you failed sleep last night. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> failed it. It's pretty consistent. Like if you had a good night's sleep, you're going to see a good number and, and vice versa. Uh, Jimmy, obviously you idolize me. I'm looking behind your head yes. and I see a picture of Levin. Oh, yeah. yeah. I see a picture of me. Yeah. I see a picture with you and Steve and Marty. Steve yep, Martin Steve and Marty Martin, Short. Martin Short. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then a picture of myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, is this, uh, to make it onto your wall, I feel very honored. I feel uh, this is very exciting news that I am uh, yeah. that I'm up there on the wall. Am I correct? You're correct. And I, I, in, in full disclosure, Woody Allen used to be on the wall, too, but I had to take him down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So don't you know, do I, anything because that would be a weird spot, you know. <laughs> oh, is that where you took him down over there? I see there on the left. He maybe was, that's where. Yeah, he was on the. Uh, uh, he was actually next to Dave. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> you know what's sad yeah. with that whole Woody Allen thing? Like I, I, um, his most recent book was so fucking brilliant. You know. I agree. I enjoyed reading it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. You know, but. I felt well, really. Who can you tell, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I felt really badly, like even buying it. Like I, what happened was I, I wanted to read a sample of it, so I get that on Amazon and write to my Kindle. And I was so, in, I was so engrossed in it that I said, "Oh shit, I don't want to contribute to the book." I mean, I know Mia Farrow, and I know what the family has been through, and blah blah. But I go, "Damn, this is a good fucking book." So I ended up buying it. <laughs> it was terrible. I had a real moral dilemma. I really did. I felt uh, the same way. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, but but it's it was very so well complicated. Written. Yeah, it is very complicated. complicated. Yeah. yeah, because we we grew up loving uh, Woody Allen. I mean, it's oh, but difficult. you've loved I mean, him through a lifetime. I mean, he's just been a prolific amazing contributor and producer jimmy if woody allen called you yeah right now and said i want to come on the show mm -hmm. what do you do what do you do <laughs> i would definitely have him on I you mean, would come on you yeah. would. I mean, you wouldn't you i guess uh i don't know well, now that you said about it that. <laughs> now that you said yes i don't know i now i'm rethinking my answer you know it's interesting because i think people sometimes think of I think being invited in the show is some kind of a reward or something, but it isn't necessarily. It's a chance. It's kind to of an endorsement. Some questions. I, is it though? I mean, is it an endorsement? Well, you I know, my pillow. Well, it depends on how you handle it, but yeah, you know, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to bring gonna up. You're going to let Mike. him make his excuses for what he's done. <laughs> yeah, I uh, was going to bring up Mike. Lind I was going to bring up Mike Lindell. And, yeah, my uh, pillow guy. The my pillow guy, you had him on, and I was just like, "Oh fuck, you can't act like you're his pal." But at the same mm -hmm. point, you're inviting him on your show. You can't sit there and just fucking attack the guy for twenty five minutes. You know what I mean? It's weird, right? Uh, what was that like for you? Because I mean, you know, obviously the guy just has these kooky opinions, and he's way out there. I mean, way out on the fringe. I it was feel weird, sorry right? for the guy. I really do. I mean, not that I think what he's doing is is um is commendable or uh, that he should be doing any of this stuff but there's obviously a screw loose there and it seems that whoever's around him is doing a pretty good job of going through all his money I and mean, can you imagine like think of the symposium he had where he was going to present the evidence that was going to reinstate donald trump into the white house 
And what they wound up showing was just a whole bunch of numbers, like it's just a whole bunch of digits. It's like somebody just printed out a bunch of bullshit and handed it to him. And you know this asshole paid millions of dollars for this. And this just is going on and just going on. Like if this was happening to your grandparent or something, you'd call the police, right? I mean, right, the, right. Or Britney Spears' dad, you'd have him taken care of, give him a right. conservatorship. Somebody yeah. somewhere is probably fleecing the guy, right? If you really look deeply into it, he's got to be spending money on these investigations uh, somehow. He needs a conservator is what you're saying. Yeah, he needs Britney Spears' father to take over his life. Was there debate at your show about whether to have mom? Because it, what I would have said to you is you're having so much fun making fun of this guy. Mm -hmm. And in a way, once you have him on, you might feel somewhat empathic with him in the sense that you're like oh geez he's just like a he's like a lovable screwball or something you know what i mean right. it kind of ruins it, it it takes the fun out of making fun of the guy if you know what i mean well we're making fun of him again on the show uh tomorrow so <laughs> so yeah that wasn't oh, really yeah so i don't know i don't think um i do have empathy for the guy i think that uh he believes that doing any of this stuff but there's obviously a screw loose there, and it seems that whoever's around him is doing a pretty good job of going through all his money. I and mean, can you imagine, like, think of the symposium he had where he was going to present the evidence that was going to reinstate Donald Trump into the White House. And what they wound up showing was just a whole bunch of numbers, like it's just a whole bunch of digits. It's like somebody just printed out a bunch of bullshit and handed it to him. And you know this asshole paid millions of dollars for this. And this just is going on and just going on. Like if this was happening to your grandparent or something, you'd call the police, right? I mean, right, the, right. Or Britney Spears' dad, you'd have him taken care of, give him a right. conservatorship. Somebody yeah. somewhere is probably fleecing the guy, right? If you really look deeply into it, he's got to be spending money on these investigations uh, somehow. He needs a conservator is what you're saying. Yeah, he needs Britney Spears' father to take over his life. Was there debate at your show about whether to have mom? Because it, what I would have said to you is you're having so much fun making fun of this guy. Mm -hmm. that in a way, once you have him on, you might feel somewhat empathic with him in the sense that you're like oh geez he's just like a he's like a lovable screwball or something you know what i mean right. it kind of ruins it, it it takes the fun out of making fun of the guy if you know what i mean well we're making fun of him again uh, on the show uh tomorrow so <laughs> so yeah that wasn't oh, really yeah so i don't know i don't think um i do have empathy for the guy i think that uh he believes this stuff he's saying i think he I think he had a very serious drug problem that probably had some impact on that, on the way he thinks. And, right. um, and I think it's so absolutely interesting that, you know, he was at Mar-a-Lago, he visit, or he maybe up in, uh, in New York and he visited in New Jersey, he visited Donald Trump over the summer and they had dinner. And I just love the idea that these kooks are gathering just to, for Donald <laughs> Trump, just to be like, this guy was the president and he's just, he's filling his dinner table with kooks. It's like he's got his own whack pack, really.
Right. And you know and, what's weird about it, too? They, they they get together. And you know Donald Trump can't stand this fucking my pillow guy. He's oh. probably like, oh, he's such a fucking bore. And, you know, Donald right. loves to talk and talk about himself. And then the, the my pillow guy's yakking about conspiracy theories that Trump doesn't even believe. He he knows it's all horseshit. <laughs> and he's like, what do I do? But I got to I got to appease this guy. He's so out there, you know. He uh, gives uh, me money for my campaigns. I yeah. I mean, it's fucking weird. I tell you. <laughs> what a life. <laughs> I guess what a life. Those are the celebrities that he he hobnobs with, and now the my pillow guy, and who the yeah, fuck I mean, knows who else? I love high pitch Eric, but I wouldn't if I owned Mar-a-Lago, I wouldn't want to have him there and have to have dinner with him every night. You know what I mean? <laughs> Real bummer. You know, it's funny. I did an interview the other day uh, with somebody, and um, oh, actually, it was Hot Ones. You know, the Hot Wings show. And right. the host Sean asked me because he's a big fan of yours, and he he said. Um, you know, he asked me about my affinity for crazy people and he was asking me about you and how we have that in common. And I said, I think the difference, I said, the difference between H Howard also has an affinity for these crazy people, but the difference is that I actually invite them into my home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's true. You do. You have no problem doing that. <sighs> I was worried that, um, um, you know, I always like to be your favorite. Am I am I still your favorite or is Letterman still your number one influence? I mean, where are you at with this? You guys, it's, you can't quantify that, but I'm getting, you know, because really? I'm just going to say, yes, you are my, you are my, Good. my you know why you should say that one influence. <laughs> I, I really should, because first of all, you started out in radio and I right. was your radio hero. A Letterman yes. wasn't, a, you know, maybe early on he did some kind of radio thing, but he wasn't known for that. And also, um, uh, as much as I love Dave, I've, I'm, I'm on the air longer than Dave now, and uh, you're still listening to me, so uh, I should be uh, your number one guy. You I should feel. move up because Dave stopped doing his show? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love if we could have a weekend where we have some kind of a competition, and um, then at the end, <laughs> Joust I who wins. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll fight Letterman for, to be your favorite. That's it. Maybe we could I've, get that guy who got fired from Jeopardy to host it. Yeah, it'd be something. What do you, do you, are you like me with that whole Jeopardy thing? It's like, imagine the story of this guy's life. The whole time Alex Trebek, and, and Alex Trebek is so good at it. And he was also healthy and youthful looking, even though he was an older yeah. man. And this yeah. guy sitting behind the camera, the executive producer, this uh, guy, Michael Richards, and he he's he's waiting in the wings. He's like, gee, I know I could host this show, but fuck, Alex is good at it. No one's ever going to look at me for the hosting job. And Alex miraculously gets uh, gets pancreatic cancer and disappears. He dies, and now the guy goes, "That's it. I'm go I'm gonna I'm gonna work my magic and I'm gonna be the host. This is it." And he gets it. After all, all yeah. these celebrities try out and all these big names, Anderson Cooper, George Stephanopoulos, all of them, and he gets it. And then for a dumb podcast that he probably didn't make a dime, he, he they dug up uh, some comments he made, and now he's gone. That's it. You know, you just Over. said something that that rang a bell with me because everybody's been calling him Mike Richards and you said Michael Richards yep. who is Kramer on Seinfeld and now is I realize he's name? only the second Mike Richards to get canceled that's right, right. <laughs> he's Robin has said to me no anyone named Michael Richards in show business should change their name immediately <laughs> uh, yeah you have to believe that he's kicking himself in the ass a lot and uh, I didn't pay I don't know. Usually, like when I'm working, I was off over the summer and I was paying a lot of attention 
to the news, but in, in the summer I wasn't. And, um, I'm still trying to figure out what it was he said that was the what was I mean, the thing. You can't, you know what? The media is so afraid to say what he said because they're afraid they'll get canceled. So they're like, <laughs> he made fun of some women on the show. He made mm-hmm. fun of the Jews and mm-hmm. I don't know someone else, like some other group. And uh, I'm like, well, what do he say about the Jews? Let's hear it. I mean, but they won't print it. I, there was how like do you a find big out? Nose comment or something like that about uh, one of the guys on on the staff, as as far as I know. Oh, in other yeah. words, he had a big nose, so therefore he had a Jewish. I don't. I don't want to. Who knows? I don't want to yeah, be right. the Washington Post and misrepresent what was said. <laughs> but I right. do know the words "big" and "nose" were in there. But what a fabulous gig! You make ten million a year. Trebek made oh. ten million a year for forty-six days of work. That's it. The whole year. Wow. Just three. Wow. Yeah. 365 days out of year, but 46 days you work and you get 10 million. That's a good gig. I mean, that's like, that's the jackpot. And to lose it, oh, his nightmare. That's imagine why his worst grabbing ima- to do it. Yeah. Imagine his aura ring. I am sure that this guy is not getting a good night's sleep. I guarantee it. So Jimmy now is uh, attempting to take over the world as a show business entity. He, um, he He's a mogul, now. Yes. He's a mogul. He is. He does. Uh, Who wants to be a millionaire? Uh, he does uh, his, of course, his late night show. He has a production company, and now he has. First of all, you are a baseball fan. I do know that. You know a lot about sports, and I'm sure it's frustrating when we hang out. I know nothing about sports, and we don't talk sports. It must be very no. masculine for you. It must be very I've feminine. I've decided for you. that. I've decided that really caring about sports is ridiculous <laughs> that's right i don't know if it's like the state of the world over the over the last four or five years that <laughs> brought me to that i still enjoy watching but um the, to have strong opinions about like athletes and their performance is just stupid well as someone who doesn't listen to sports radio i i i, I don't even understand it and then i never even get the concept it seems to me there's a big game on Sunday, and so these guys get on the radio, and they go, here's what's going to happen Sunday. And then the other guy goes, no fucking way, you idiot. You don't understand. <laughs> we have this guy and that guy. And really, if you just waited for the game on Sunday, you'd know. But yeah, it's it's this <laughs> idea that you have to discuss and yell at each other and call each other names because you, you your opinion is wrong about the the, the, the the Mets. You know, I mean, it's like it's crazy. It's crazy it's, uh, radio. It's, it's like we found something completely artificial to get angry and excited about. And uh, right. I don't know what kind of, I think it serves some psychological purpose. I'm not sure if it's a good one or a bad one, but, um, uh, but I, I am more interested now in like the, my sports memories than I am, um, in sports that are currently happening. And I'll watch, you know, the playoffs when they get, and I'll watch games every once in a while, but it doesn't like, I, I mean, I used to get upset. I, you know, it's stupid. It's dumb. But who is your team you know, anyway? I mean, who 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 is your who's your football team that you worship? What is the one? I don't you, really have like, a football team. I you know, I, just in growing up in Vegas, I never had a, a favorite team. I used to just like to watch the games. But um, Mets and Lakers, those are, and I like the Kings, the hockey team, and my college team is UNLV. I used to love the Running Rebels basketball team. But this '86 Mets team is you don't, you really don't, I know probably everybody says this when they're promoting something, but you do not have to be a baseball fan to appreciate 
this documentary. I mean, this is a group of characters. And um, well, can I first of all, I'm going to I'm going to help you here because, yeah, I am not a big uh, sports fan, but I know growing up I was into the Knicks. Uh, I loved that whole team with uh, Earl DePro mm-hmm. Monroe when Willis Reed played. And, you know, it yeah. was my period of time where I was really kind of following it a bit. And uh, I do. Uh, Jimmy has made a documentary on the 86 Mets, 1986 Mets called Once Upon a Time in Queens. Um, it That was when I was really into the Mets because wasn't that like Keith Hernandez, Lenny Dykstra. Um, yeah. Doc uh, Gooden. Uh, we had Doc Daryl Strawberry was a pitching. What about uh, Ron Darling too? Was, yeah. was Ron he Ron Darling? Ron Darling, yeah. Was a part I was of that really, team. I love the '86 Mets, and uh, and and so why? But you why? You actually document- got me into the Mets then, because you kept saying that game last night was amazing. Dude, and so I was like, me? what could be so amazing about yeah. baseball? And I started well, they watching. The- yeah, they're, they're amazing Mets. So why did you make a documentary on uh, the Mets? What's uh, what, what was the sell? Well, a director named Nick Davis called and asked if I wanted to be a part of it. And he made this great documentary about Ted Williams on PBS. And uh, he's a very talented guy. And he told me that Major League Baseball and the Mets were all in on this. Many people have wanted to make this documentary, but... This is the first time that the Mets and baseball have cooperated because there are some unflattering depictions of not just the team, but the game. And there's pretty crazy stuff going on. I mean, these guys were almost all on amphetamines. They were (laughs) almost all doing cocaine uh, after the game, before the game. You know, they were there were arrests midseason. There were multiple fights. There were fights with other teams There were fights between players it's you know crimes were committed a team plane was destroyed it, like crazy <laughs> stuff so God. why did the mets agree to this documentary if it's so unflattering it's, it's isn't that kind of mind-blowing because they're smart because i think they felt hey listen everybody knows this story now books have been written um stories have been told and this is the truth this is what happened and it was a great team and it is part of what's fun about baseball good or bad you're actually in the documentary um in your i was shocked by the way i was shocked that i'm in the documentary because i don't remember this at all tell them why i'm in the documentary oh boy this is so good if you go if you google let's go mets you will see an all-star music video starring some of the biggest stars of New York in 1986, including Joe Piscopo, Mayor Koch, and Howard Stern. Singing. Yeah. Well, I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, Robin, yeah. you have to see it. It is oh so embarrassing. Goodness. You want to know something? Like, I never do anything, so it's kind yeah. of weird that I'm in it. I think yeah. maybe I don't even have any recollection of doing that. Other than I was a fan of the Mets and they asked or something, maybe I, maybe I'm making that up. I don't even know how I ended up in that thing. Do you have any I idea? Think at that time, you probably did more, but I have no idea. I only saw the end result. I don't know how it happened. Maybe Gary. Gary is great in the documentary. You know, Gary remembers Gary Delabate, Baba Booey about you mean. that series. That yeah, Baba Booey. That I think probably most of the players don't even remember. But Gary, how did Howard wind up in that video? Do you know? Do you yeah, have any call- idea? I do. I remember vividly. They called. They said they were doing this thing. Everybody was caught up in Mets mania because people were just like the Mets were the hottest thing going in New York. And they came. Everyone had to go uh, look at the camera. And all you had to do was go, let's go Mets and give like the number one sign. And I think you did it right from your chair in the studio during a commercial break. That's how much effort Hmm. you put into it. You know, what's weird. Uh, 
that my agent allowed me to do. He never allowed me to do anything or participate in anything. That was, you know, his, he always said, you don't do any of that shit. I think that I think we might have right. made it something for right. the air. Do you know what I mean? I think that I think you might have turned <laughs> it was into right. a bit for the air, and that's that's why you might have agreed to do it. But I I, uh, I do remember them coming to the studio and you doing it. Yeah, it was well, an incredible time capsule of 1986 and um, New York and local news footage and local commercials and just by the characters. Way, and let's it's great uh, stuff. Let's compliment Baba Fuhai, who seems to have a completely photographic memory of everything I've ever done in life and, and understands why I did it. I'm very, yeah. very amazed by his memory. And yeah. you say he appears in the documentary and Gary knows things about the Mets that uh, people just didn't know. Yeah, like Gary remembered that the ball hit the Newsday sign at the end of the game, right? Well, so Dave, Dave Henderson hit a home run in the top of the 10th to make it five to three. And that's when you thought it was over. And I was sitting with my dad down the left field line and the ball hit the Newsday sign. I remember because it made this like loud metal clang and it was so quiet. You could hear it clang throughout the ballpark. And it was pretty cool because in the documentary that you see the ball like square hit the Newsday sign right in the middle. Who hit it? Dave Henderson. Oh, for the, okay. For the Red Sox to put him ahead. Right. They had gone ahead. Jeez. guys. I mean, it imagine having so... that kind of memory. It's unbelievable. Howard, I remember. Can I tell you something? I remember Glenn Close sang the national anthem, and Kathleen Turner sat three rows in front of me. Like I remember wow. everything about that night. <laughs> I don't remember well, yesterday. That was you were so excited because you got to take your dad. Yes, oh, and no, you two probably, had been. Yeah, it's you know, probably it's the horrible. greatest night I ever spent with my dad. That's probably the best night ever. It started with my dad meeting me. Uh, in the Upper West Side, and us having dinner and taking the subway there. It was the greatest night I've ever had with my dad. And you know what's weird and sad? I don't even remember what happened with the 86 Mets. They won, right? And, and uh, uh, yeah. Inevitably, but it was close. Yeah, First of all, they I almost I don't remember who it. they played. I don't remember anything. They almost blew it in the Houston series, right? They got right. out of there, That's and that's the story Jimmy just told. They wrecked the plane on the way home. And then they went down 2-0 against the Red Sox, and then this was game six, and if they lost it, they would have lost the World Series, and they had this amazing comeback. in the That's where uh, the uh, Mookie hits the ball down first base, it goes through Buckner's legs, and the Mets win. Mm. You know, it's interesting that, Gary, you had that for you was one of the best nights uh, of your life with your dad because many of the players we learned talking to them had – very bad or very complicated relationships with their fathers. And Keith Hernandez's dad, uh, Keith says he, he, the biggest mistake he ever made was getting his dad a satellite dish because yep. his dad would call him after every at bat. This is an adult man who's already been MVP of the National League getting yelled at by his father in the locker room after, after at bats. You know you what, know, Jimmy? Um, I remember this. I think I interviewed Keith Hernandez. I'm not sure, yes. but I, I, I did. You did. And, and I remember talking to him about his dad. That was legendary. Like the dad was yeah. like uh, one of those overly coaching kind of dads, even to this day, to the day that he was a professional baseball player. Crazy. Yeah, well, 
Daryl Strawberry's dad would tell him he was worthless and he was garbage. And in fact, Daryl and his brother decided they were they had enough and they were going to kill his father. And the mother got them out of the house and left the dad. And that was the end of that. But when Daryl was getting booed and, you know, everybody was, you know, mocking him and he had his, his drug problems, he said it didn't bother him because when your father calls you worthless your whole life, uh, a group of strangers shouting it at you doesn't make an impact. The bet, the guy who seemed to have had the best relationship with his dad was Dwight Gooden and Dwight Gooden's mom shot his dad. She, wow. um, he, Dwight was a kid and they're driving by this house and he told his mom, that's the house dad goes to. And the mom puts two and two together and realizes that's the girlfriend's house and shoots his mother. Whoa. And you mean he shoots his father? Shoots his father. The mom shot Sorry. the dad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an amazing story. And I guess that describes why these guys, as much as they say, like, oh, you know, being booed didn't bother me. But that's why so many of these guys ended up on drugs and stuff. Because, yeah. I mean, think about that. I mean, how do you get past those horrible relationships? You know, it's really difficult. I mean, that, that leads to serious problems. I didn't know all that, actually. I will watch this thing. Sounds Howard, interesting. There's, a, th yeah. there's an amazing story in the documentary, and uh, this is one of the reasons I love it, because it's so honest. And I love Keith Hernandez, because Keith Hernandez is at that point in his life where he doesn't give a shit. He'll just, he, doesn't give, he doesn't care. He'll just say whatever he wants. So Gary Carter, we were talking this morning, you know, when somebody dies, they get deified. So Gary Carter died a couple of years ago, and there was some turmoil on the team back then. So they're going through every player now talking about, oh, Gary was a great guy. Gary was a saint. Keith Hernandez goes, nobody liked him. Nobody liked that guy at all. <laughs> <laughs> Gary was a square. He was like Mr. America, Mr. Clean. Right. And he shows up on this team where, and not only was he a square, he seemed to be a, a guy who loved attention. He loved being the man in front of the camera. And that rubbed everybody the wrong way. And uh, yeah, Keith is very honest about it. It's pretty crazy. Also, this, these guys were having sex with groupies between innings of the games. They would show up at a in a hotel lobby. They'd meet a woman before they even checked in. <laughs> They'd have sex and then get their key. It was like just complete craziness happening at all times. But Jimmy, what, tell what, Howard, who's the star of this show? Who in your Lenny estimation? Dykstra. Who's the star? Lenny Dykstra. Lenny Dykstra is Lenny Robbins' um, fiance. Boyfriend. Lenny. Yeah. Yeah. Is the star of the documentary. He is. Uh, Boy, he's troubled, but he is funny. I mean, he says some crazy stuff. What does he say? Does he talk like like? Does he start talking about? Oh, pussy is the greatest. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. What, what well, his number one thing is? Yeah, yeah pussy is my. I don't. Because he doesn't like talking baseball anymore, he told me. He just wants to talk about women. You know what I mean? He, he doesn't even want to hear about baseball. Why he was like the start? kid on the team. He was like the yeah. young guy who came in and he was small and people were like, you, what are you, the bat boy? You know, it's like <laughs> one of those deals. And, um, gave himself the nickname Nails. That was a self. Oh, that <laughs> was him. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh my God. Cause he's tough as nails. I always thought, you know, I always thought Lenny Dykstra was a fantastic player. I mean, there's no, there's no debating that. And, uh, but I always thought the team loved him so much. They called him nails. I had no idea he came up with that himself. That's, that's just unbelievable. I don't know if the team loved him because he talks about like one night, um, he was just out of his mind. It was the night before a game. He's in the lobby of the hotel. 
kicking Gary Carter's door, just, he said, donkey kicking the door over and over again. Gary, come out, Gary, just drunk and crazy. And Gary wouldn't come out. Gary wouldn't come out. Finally, the door flies open and Gary grabs him by the neck and lifts him up above his head and pins him against the wall. He's like, don't you ever fucking come into my room again. Don't you ever fucking do this again. And he never did it again. Well, you know, you know, what's so crazy about that to me, because I am so under controlled and like I am so these guys like before again, you think they'd be worried about their hands. They'd be worried about being drunk. You don't want to donkey kick a door in because after all, you could break your leg. You could hurt your knee. You know, these guys, they don't give a shit about anything. They're like they're overgrown. They're, they're men, but they're kids. They're like uh, yeah. they're playing a kid's game and they behave this way. But it's I guess maybe that leads to their greatness. The fact that they don't give a shit. They don't worry about anything. You know, Gary, one of the most, I think, haunting stories of in the documentary is um, is about um, Gooden, Dwight Gooden. He's talking about or maybe no, it was Strawberry, I think. I was I forget it was one of those two guys. We were talking about when Lenny Bias died. You remember Len Bias? He was the University of Maryland. Yeah, and he was he was picked number one by the Boston Celtics, and two days later he overdosed on cocaine, and it was a real tragic, like kind of it was a moment for them. They were like, "Oh my God, that you know this could happen to us." And um, Gary, what was it? Was it? It was, it was uh, good. It was good, right? Good says um, about four hours after he has this like moment where he's like, "Oh my God, this could happen to us." He calls his drug dealer and says, uh, "Get me the Lenny Bias stuff." Oh. He wanted the cocaine. <laughs> oh my that god! Killed oh Len Bias. God. Like, like I need a really good hit. Oh my yeah. god! Like or I want maybe, the strongest hit I can get. Give me that stuff. Yeah, the stuff yeah. that kills you. That's or maybe right. he just maybe he wanted to die. Who knows what he was well, trying to do? That's part of it. Yeah, he, he part that of all. That's, part that's of. exactly it. It's like I want the highest high I can get. But Howard, the craziest part of all this was the manager, right? So you figure the guy manager, he's got to be in charge. He was as crazy as them. And his Davey whole Johnson? thing was, Davey Johnson, yes, his whole Davey. thing was do whatever you want. You do anything. I don't care what you do. As long as when you come, you come to play. And he felt like he always came to play. So he didn't care who they were fucking. He didn't care what they were doing as long as they showed up to play. But what about this idea? I think it was Daryl Strawberry says that they would pick women out of the stands. You know, yeah. forget about back at the hotel, but literally have sex with the women during the game. Like they would just, yeah. I mean, well, that's when you're a, when you're a pitcher, you only pitch every third or fourth day back then. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, so what I else do you do? What are you so, going to so, sit and so watch if, the game? <laughs> so if you're in the dugout, uh, you just kind of like, oh, yeah, there's nothing going on here, really. Let me go fuck somebody. I guess you there, were, there was a look. pitcher. There was a pitcher on the team, and he's not in this documentary because he played with them later. But he wrote a book where he talked about he would be out in the bullpen, and there was this little area under the bullpen, and the guard would bring the girl down. And she would just blow him under the stands, and then he would go back to the bullpen. Sounds like a great uh, thing. This, uh, but where where can I see where can I see this documentary? I need you to see, see it you immediately. Should got, you should have played Little League, Howard. I know. Um, I, you know what? You want to know something? That is one of my greatest regrets. That if I had, I, I I've said this before. If I had some sort of male influence in my life when I was young, like a mentor, when I when I say a mentor, I mean like a father who even said to me, "Hey, I like baseball. Let's go hit a few balls or something." I, I would have liked to have played sports, I think. I just, I didn't know from it. You know what I mean? I just didn't know about any of it. I, my father never watched baseball with me or anything, you know? 
And you would have been blown in the dugout. It would have been fantastic. You would have. <laughs> oh, I would have had such a great life doing do, doing coke and uh, getting blowjobs and forget about. He it. would have been uh, Carter. He would have been locked up in his room <laughs> waiting for yeah. the next. Don't hurt me. <laughs> I'm worried about my hands. Strangling uh, oh. the teammates who woke him up. <laughs> Here I'm reading this. The documentary airs tonight and tomorrow night on ESPN. Look at you, I Mr. Movie Producer. Be watching. Jimmy, it's I feel like you're coming too. It's right. unbleeped, uncensored. It is, uh, um, wow. there's, there's cursing on ESPN. You can watch the, um, non-cursing version on ESPN too. They're running it simultaneously, but I'm oh, impressed that ESPN like is doing words, this. You, you can avoid them. Yes. I feel like you you're like becoming a, a, uh, for kids to watch. I, I, I feel like you're becoming a mogul right in front of me. You know, cause Jimmy tells me about a lot of these projects when we, these when projects, we hang out. Well, he owns restaurants. He has a club. You know, he does yeah. movies and documentaries and fishing award winning TV mm-hmm. specials. So what are you worth? Like a billion dollars? Seacrest. You're yeah, the next Seacrest. Slightly north of a billion. Sure. I yeah, remember the on your show. Business isn't lucrative, but it was mm-hmm. fun. And, uh, it was a lot of, it was a, a lot of, um, editing, but, um, when you find something great, it's so exciting. And I will say that there's nothing that tickles me more than Howard Stern singing "Let's Go Mets." Um, yeah, yeah, it up it's all Joe there. Piscopo. Yeah, I was great. so shocked when I saw that uh, clip from your documentary, and I went, "That's not me. I I didn't do that." Like I know there's, I felt like Trump. I know there's video of an insurrection, but uh, it wasn't an insurrection. <laughs> you know, I was like, "Wait a minute, who is that? That's me." I, I couldn't believe it. Um, anyway, um, I understand also that, um, you got a lot of the music and stuff cleared for the documentary. You got a lot of celebrities to participate in this. So you were right. very, when very I was instrumental. At your house, I was on the phone with LL Cool J, um, asking him if we could use your, use his music, um, in the, in the documentary. Yeah. We got a lot of great, you know, that's part for me. That was a lot of the fun because I was like a, you know, I was a wedding DJ in 1986 and, uh, and uh, working in top 40 radio. And so that was, uh, it was fun to, I wanted to make sure that the songs were really specific to that year. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything about that, but you know, Jimmy made me look bad in front of the ladies. I was just sitting oh, there really? on vacation. Well, I was sitting there on vacation trying to relax and, you know, try to look somewhat masculine in front of the women. And Jimmy all of a sudden goes, yeah, got to go in the other room. I got to go call LL Cool J to get clearance for my new documentary. And I'm like, uh-oh, I got to show my wife that I got something going on in show business. I go, yeah, I got to go make some calls, too. Literally, I go was call calling Run my DMC. mother. <laughs> yeah, I got to go call Run DMC. I'm producing something. I can't mention what it is. Very bad. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy's constantly busy, even though he's on vacation. He's He's like a mogul or something. He's Well, he's got so many projects, you know, he never really can take time off. Yeah. He's right here, guys. He you don't have to talk about him the third person. He's right here with you right now. Everyone was fawning over Jimmy, you know. Beth, Molly, the, the oh, mood yeah. ring was even fawning. Really? It was out of control. Well, I noticed Jimmy gets the ladies really, for today. <laughs> the ladies really perk up when I, when I take off my shirt and, and, you know, slide into the pool. That's when you Jimmy can looks almost good. smell the estrogen in the air. Yeah. I remember hanging out with Jimmy years ago and, you know, Jimmy had tits and a belly. Uh, you know, now I don't know. He gets in the pool. I'm like, you know, fucking Jimmy looks They're good. They're back, Howard. They're back. In mm-hmm. fact, um, this is, you know, you're talking about me doing a lot of stuff. I do want to announce 
that I have a new, um, I just shot a commercial for the Playtex 15 hour bra. They're making them for men. Copper you. No, you get your full 15. <laughs> I, I feel like you've become very handsome in a weird way. I don't know what you did, but, uh, cause I, like even watch, I, I was watching some old clips of your show, like when you first went on the, you know, the, on your late night show. Yeah. And Jimmy Kimmel Live. And uh you were like this chubby guy, you know, like, like I mean, not that you were bad he looking, but I mean, he looked like he belonged in a suit because everything he had done before that was very casual. Yeah. What have you done and to so yourself? The suit like was a real new thing. But what have you done to yourself physically? Because I was there with you. I mean, have you had any surgeries or anything to oh. enhance your appearance? I mean, what's going on of with you? Dozens, dozens. Oh, of dozens. I thought so. I knew it. <laughs> But uh, uh, no, no, I just stopped eating like life was an all you can eat buffet, you know, or at least right. I tried to stop doing that. But, uh, you know, what it's I, uh, th- th- my greatest struggle in life is is trying not to eat too much. It's true. You know, uh, food is so good. And I guess if you grow up in Vegas, there's so many buffets around. There's just endless buffets. Well, Jerry Seinfeld had such a great routine on buffets about going to the buffet, the buffet. Yeah. Have you ever heard that routine? It's so fucking yes. funny. That's how they used to pronounce it on the local commercials in Vegas, the, the great buffet. Really? <laughs> yeah, That's how my mother pronounces it. My mother used to like when I was a little kid, I used to say jewelry instead of jewelry. And she'd yeah. be like. And she'd be so happy to correct me. But meanwhile, she's like, we went to the buffet. <laughs> and, and I'm like, it's, and, I, and I'll even tell her, it's not a buffet. It's a buffet. And she's like, that's what I said, buffet. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like Kim Jong-un, you've become hot now. You know, you've, uh, you've improved your appearance. It's, it's amazing. A lot of people really, are like, calling me Kimmel Jong-un right now. So, Kimmel yeah, Jong-un. Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> fucking great when i was a kid we used to go these fucking buffets in vegas and um and like on easter sunday once we went to a two dollar dollar 99 buffet at at the stardust hotel at which a man had an epileptic seizure and was vomiting all over the ground (laughs) and you still ate like happy easter but my dad used to my parents my dad would yell at me because all i'd get was just like a plate of mashed potatoes and he would be furious he'd be like you know how much that costs i'm like i don't know he's like like two cents like i was expected to eat my money's worth you know he wanted me to go eat some some of the prime rib or whatever the fuck get some of those crab legs damn it (laughs) don't eat just mashed potatoes i paid a fortune for this <laughs> oh man, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I remember early on your uh, your talk show when you had the liquor license. That lasted what, like a week? When you when you no a day. It, it, it lasted one day <laughs> before it was. Great. I don't know how. Yeah, some we were of this all stuff... excited about that. You know, we we're going to watch people get drunk on TV, and then it was over. <laughs> we were excited about it too, but you know, the green room. At the time, we, you know, we kept serving free drinks in the green room and it became this thing now. And a lot of celebrities will now tell me that they would come to the show. They weren't even on the show. They would just come there to drink when they were like struggling or whatever. And every night it would be like a hundred people in our green room partying and drinking and just going crazy. And in that case, I was Gary Carter going like, get the fuck out of here. I need to do a show tomorrow. But it was Jimmy. complete madness. It was really, really crazy. I can't even, be- nowadays I look at it, I go, I-, I can't believe that happened because I'm home by 
six o'clock now, you know. Right. <laughs> Would you, now that you had your whole summer off, you've had uh, two summers now off, um, yeah. Does do you think that's going to keep you on TV longer and keep your interest in, because you've been doing it a long time. How many years you've been doing the late night show? The Jimmy it will Kimmel be show, 19 say. years in January. Okay. So, I mean, you and I talk off the air and stuff, and we, mm-hmm. we both sort of ponder how much longer we want to work and stuff. Do you think by giving you the, um, you know, the summer off, do you think you'll stay at it longer? Or is it like so nice having the summer off that you start to go, shit, I don't even want to go back. Where are you at with this? Yeah. I, you know, I vacillate. I, um, I do love having, I love being off. I love not working. It's really so much better than working. And the ideal situation is having people doing my job for me. While I continue to get paid, that's really the right. <laughs> something which you managed to I, do, I, right? I, you did that upon and, yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I, I think I know sometimes, and then when it comes time to make the decision, then I feel like I don't know. But um, we'll oh, see. When like I have to make that decision, I yeah, I will make you, that decision. Yeah. Do you watch when, let's say, Spade fills in or um, uh, Nikki fills in or this one fills in? Do you watch them to see if they're ruining your show or enhancing your show? Or do you just say, (laughs) fuck it, man, I'm on vacation. I cannot worry about this. I will watch. I'll watch. And uh, especially if I know know the person, I make a a point to watch. But I don't get worked up about it in any way and think like, oh, you should have done this or uh, nor do I. I won't send any kind of notes or anything to my staff. I just let them figure it out. And my hope is that after having guest hosts guest hosts over the summer, they will they will come up with ways to make my life easier when I get back because there's a lot of stuff that I do that I probably don't need to. I'm sure you wouldn't uh, name a person you thought who was the best at it because that would be insulting to the other people, but. Yeah. Do you have in your mind someone who was particularly good at it that if someone said to you who was the best at it, you could answer that? No, I probably have like four people in mind um, answering that question. I also can you answer it? Who is best? Uh, You know, I don't know. I'd I'd, I'd probably, Mm -hmm. I'd rather not. And just even my memory is so bad, I wouldn't be able to come up with the names. But I do think that sometimes. A lot of weight is put on how how somebody did once. I mean, there have been people who did the show two nights in a row where the first night it went really badly and the next night it went great. So a lot of his luck, I mean, you know, you don't know what kind of audience you're going to get, what the material is that day, who the other guests are. You know, a lot of it is just... You're right, too, because... Think about your own trajectory. I mean, when you first started doing the show, the, the show looks vastly different now than when you first started. So if someone said to you, hey, here's Jimmy doing it one night, and they evaluate you on that one night, a late night show is something that evolves. You know, any, yeah. any you take, you know, you can't, you can't judge someone from one performance in late night. I mean, uh, you know, Conan was a victim of that. Conan would like, everyone would evaluate his first show and, and they would bash him and, you know, cause, he, he was under intense pressure. You can't, you, you don't look at it that way. You got to build an audience of following people have to get your timing. It's, it's a whole thing. Got to get it It all makes down. no sense whatsoever to judge a, a late night talk show or a talk show of any kind or a show that airs five days a week on one, on one performance. And, you know, probably back then, if I'd filled in for me, I would have said, okay, we shouldn't have him back. 
Right. <laughs> no, it's just true because said he was very nice. You know, he really he wanted to do well. <laughs> that would have been the assessment. Well, I was but it smart. I had a little had, um, bit like he's doing the Johnny Carson move, where you know he's right. going to groom some people, and they'll have a Monday night host, and now he'll do two or three nights, and then again, well, whatever. I'm right. He is right here. What is this he stuff? <laughs> I have a, um, you know, I I think it takes a secure man to have guest hosts. But for for example, I was off for the summer. I had medicated Pete fill in for me. Look how secure I was. <laughs> But don't you have you ever been to a therapist or psychiatrist because, you know, I go and yeah. you try to figure out as a performer, there must be a tremendous desire to have an audience and to have people looking at you and laughing and, and desiring, uh, you know, to desiring you and this and that. So if you really walked away and I consider you much healthier than me, but if you really walked away, don't you think there'd be some hole there? That would need to be filled. I mean, that th you would feel empty in some way, not I, having your audience. I don't. I don't really have that, honestly. I never. Uh, you know, people do think I like. I intended like my dream was to host a late night talk show, and it's just not true. I mean, if I'd been a writer on David Letterman's show, I would have been thrilled. I would have been very excited by that. That would have been more than enough for me. And I don't really have that, um, that like, I won't, I'm, I'm not going to go do stand up after right. I stop doing the show. Um, you know, maybe I'll, I just need a little bit. I, you know, I just need a little bit of that. I think I could get enough of it from social media. I think I could be perfectly happy making a, a funny 30 second long video in my house and posting it on Instagram and going, Oh, that got a lot of likes. I think that would be enough for me. Yeah. Because I always go crazy because I was so competitive. You are, you are so much more generous than me. I, I was so competitive early in my career. Like I don't think he'll mind the saying, but, but uh, when Jimmy was over my house, we had uh, Jimmy Fallon and his wife over mm -hmm. and uh, uh, you guys get along great. There was none of that like, hey, fuck you and uh, fighting over guests like the legendary talk show guys do. You guys seem to genuinely like each other, you and Fallon, you know? Well, I I love him. I, I assume he likes me, too. It seems like we like each other. I just there's just no point to it. I mean, what's the point? It doesn't. It, it doesn't get you anything. I mean, you know, there's, you know, there are definitely times where Jimmy Fallon will make a video or Stephen Colbert will, uh, will have a joke or whatever. They go, ah, oh, that's good. Damn. I wish we'd done that, you know, but, um, <laughs> I don't see any point to fighting. Uh, you know, uh, none of them have ever done anything, um, to upset me. And I think that's the big difference. I think that's the part people forget about when it comes to, like Dave and Jay is that, um, you know, there's, there was history there, you know, there were right. some, some moves made that weren't necessarily above board and there was trust there that was violated. So we don't have any of that. I'm thinking back at that uh, night. Now that I think about it, I forgot all about that. It was the three of us. Uh, well, I mean the wives too, but I'm saying, you know, uh, you and Jimmy and we were sitting there. We were laughing really hard all night. I don't know. I don't oh, remember yeah. what, but I remember it was funny. It was just like we were cracking each other up, but I don't remember any of the specifics. Do you? 
I really don't. Yeah, I think there were. Yes, I do. But there are specifics that I don't think you want to share on the radio. Oh, <laughs> okay. <all right. laughs> now I'm dying to know. I, we need a tape of that night because I don't even remember it. Oh, yeah, Nathan's related drama. That. I, I'll <laughs> tell you. Uh, uh, I'll tell you why I think you're a good guy. You see, because. Uh, the Emmys are coming up, and I'm sure you're... Are you nominated? I assume you must yes. be. For her. Okay. But you said, I'm really rooting for Conan to win the uh, Emmy. He's no longer doing his late-night show, and you feel this is his last hurrah. And you would... Now, you would rather he win the Emmy than you? Well, listen, I don't think... I, I'm not that nice a guy. I mean, I, yeah, we would Good. love to win the Emmy. I just know we're not going to win the Emmy. So um, I I think it would be a nice thing. I think I feel like Conan's greatness has been um, overlooked over the last like five or six years. I think it was a man. result of him being on a cable television channel. And I think that's the only reason. I think if he was still on network TV, he would still be nominated for an Emmy every year. And um, And I do think that especially amongst comedians and his peers, he is thought of as one of the greats. And um, I think that would be nice. I mean, it, I think it's certainly deserved. I mean, I know the Emmys isn't a, a lifetime achievement type situation, but I do think that Conan, uh, not only was he, did, was he really funny and, um, and um, very consistent, which is hard. But I think he he stuck to his guns and he kept doing what he thought was um, he, I, he you know he didn't he didn't fall into this um, Trump trap that um, the rest of us were kind of shoved into. And I admire that. I, I I think that was probably not so easy to do. Yeah, you're right. You know when he uh, when he moved to TBS, it's like I kind of lost track of Conan. And the other yeah. guy, you know, you know, you were the one who turned me on to Andy Richter in a way because, uh, yeah. you know, Andy was uh, Conan's longtime uh, sidekick. But I remember going to your wedding and Jimmy had one of these like destination weddings at some golf place or something. I don't know where I was. They just uh, they put me down <laughs> we were there. In and, Ojai, Ojai, California. Yeah. But you had invited Andy Richter to your. Uh, yeah. Uh, your wedding. And I kept walking into Andy Richter and his wife all, you know, all day. And, you know, because we were all hanging around waiting for you to get married. And this <laughs> fucking guy leveled me with his, his, his comedy was just unbelievable. Oh, what a funny guy, Andy Richter. I follow him on Twitter now. He's, he's really funny and real super talent. I feel like, um, I hope he does something. I hope he doesn't just sort of drift away I'm sure he will you will not find two funnier guys in like real life than uh than conan and andy i mean those guys are really funny guys yeah <laughs> in fact yeah, i emailed are. with conan last night and um and i was like how's it going you know uh, um i said does andy still come over and sit on the couch and he said that he said uh yes i just threw the commercial break <laughs> <laughs> You Which see, is you, probably what we'll all really do when we get old and senile and <laughs> living see, in the home. You, um, you're good with email. You were kind too, because I, I realize now what you did. I was sitting with you when you were at my house, and I started talking to you about John Stewart, and you were talking about how you're good friends. You know, you're friendly with him, blah blah blah. And I, and, he, and you were like, you guys should really be friends because he's into animal rescue, and you guys are into it. And, and I said, yeah. I said, I known John for years, but I don't know. And then as soon as you got home, you emailed me and John and put us on the same email chain, and you guys started going back and forth. And I went, I'm so bad with email. 
I know Jimmy's trying to get us all together here in this email chain, which was very nice of you, but I'm terrible with that email. Everybody's sitting there cracking jokes and stuff. I go crazy from email. I don't like it. And, well, uh, I should tell you, I checked with John first to make sure that this was something that he wanted me to initiate. And he's oh. like, yeah, that would be great. And, um, but sometimes I see, um, you know, when you get to know people, you go, you know who you would really like? Like I have friends that I love that I know you wouldn't like, you know, I, right, I have, right. you know, but sometimes you, you just kind of like, you recognize like, Oh yeah, these guys, I mean, you and John have a lot in common. I mean, that you guys could really, um, spend, um, a lot of no time together, I think, would be <laughs> make you very happy because oh, neither like one John. of you, neither one of you likes to like do anything or go anywhere, and I think <laughs> it's fun sometimes <laughs> to put those people together. <laughs> no, I admire the fact that you uh, like coming to my house. I'm I'm shocked that you enjoy it because admire. I don't do anything. Are you I haven't. I mean, the fact that you uh, enjoy being with me is quite. It was I'm the shocked. highlight of the summer. It was. Well, a little, I love it. Let me it. tell you, I'm I'm actually very very surprised. But uh, that whole mm. email thing, I'll tell you, yeah, we, we um, I emailed with uh, Steve Martin after he was on the show because I wanted to thank him. He's so brilliant. He writes back to me. He goes, um, some guys are just unbelievable with this email. He says to me, um, I write him this long thank you, and he just writes back. He goes, How dare you email me when you know I'm so busy? fucking funny so brilliant <laughs> thought it was great you know, he mentioned on your show i was listening and uh, uh last week and i heard him say like he's talking about the pressure of of emailing someone who's funny is like when i have to send you an email or or jimmy kimmel and i was just like i just looked at my phone like can you fucking believe this i mean steve martin gives a shit about what he emails me this is like it's, <laughs> how did this happen i mean yeah, right how did i get so lucky did this happen yeah right nobody was worried before and then i get the, the greatest comedy mind in the world worried about what he emails you it's great I it's crazy steve and marty their new show is great and um and yeah. the creator of uh, or the executive producer rather of the show is a guy named dan fogelman who does the show this is us he was our um a pa and receptionist at the man show he was really like kid. yeah and so i've known dan for a long time and uh i sent the three of them an email saying you know the show is really funny and boy that show really is very very funny and um i sent them an email and uh the the you know marty and and Dan wrote back, thank you. And then Steve wrote back, um, excuse me, this email was for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. See what I mean? He is just so fucking brilliant. Everything out of this guy is brilliant. It's just, yeah. it, he blows my mind. He really truly does. Uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to go to his house for dinner one time and, and, uh, you're sitting and talking to him at every fucking line. It's like he's just delivering comedy gold. And I go, just shut up and listen. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to try. To be witty here. It is so crazy. Yeah, that's funny, you know. I, Dan Fogelman, is that the guy who, like, he wrote This Is Us? Because, I mean, that's a brilliant yeah. show, the way he kind yeah. of constructed the time frame and going back and forth in time. And that guy was your, what was he? He was your intern or something? He was a PA, you know. He just was wow. like a low-level worker on, on the show. And it's it's pretty crazy. Now he's. Did a, you realize that he was so talented? No, I had no idea. I just liked him. He yeah. seemed like a nice kid. I mean, it's not like he ever showed me any material. I don't know if he'd even written any material at the time. We had um, 
like guys who have come through here and worked for me, like there are certain yeah. guys, there was a, a guy who um, was in charge of watching my door when I was filming private parts. It, I slept at the studio because there was no time. I was doing radio and the movie at the same time. The guy was in charge of just making sure no one bothered me while I was sleeping. Mm -hmm. That guy wrote a hit movie. Like he, he I remember I'd leave he in the morning. I'd see, the script, right? He was working on the script in his, um, you know, in his little notebook. And I go, Hey, what are you, you know, I'm like, Hey, what are you working on? He goes, I'm writing a movie. I go, Oh, you fucking nut. That's, uh, Eli, Eli Roth. He wrote like one of the yeah. biggest monster movies oh, yeah. ever. Yeah. 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 That's what he was doing outside my door. And then there was another guy who worked for us who wrote a big hit comedy, Gary's buddy. Um, and, and he was the nicest guy too. Danny, um, Danny Zucker, Danny Zucker. Oh, Danny's a friend of mine. Yeah. He, yeah. he worked for, he was like a, an intern, not an intern, like a, like a PA. Howard, one of our one of, one of Danny's big jobs was to corral the Howard Stern dancers for the Fox TV shows we were doing, and I don't think the dancers <laughs> ever even made it to the air. Hey, <laughs> man's got to start somewhere. The Howard Stern dancers. I remember that. I remember Dean Martin had dancers, and I went, "I got if I get a TV show, I'm going to have dancers, and they'll, they'll they'll walk me out. It'll be just awesome." And I don't know, just another screwball. You got to have dancers. You're not a TV star until you have dancers. Yeah, remember Dean Martin would come out with his dancers? I was oh, like, wow. oh, yeah. I'd go, he must yeah. be banging all those dancers. Come on, what's going on here? <laughs> what's what's Bob the Barker what's the scam? And the price is right. <laughs> Bob Barker and Price. But yeah, man. It's, it, 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 nothing is wholesome. It's funny. That guy, Mike Richards, must be going, what about fucking Bob Barker? God damn it. <laughs> he, yeah. How did he get under the wire with his show? <laughs> he made it out just in time. <laughs> By the way, you'll, uh, uh, by the way, Jimmy's not here for his health. He's promoting, uh, this, uh, wonderful, not only his own television show, Jimmy Kimmel Live. He, uh, wants you to know Once Upon a Time in Queens airs tonight and tomorrow at eight o'clock on ESPN. And of course, watch Jimmy Kimmel Live weeknights at 1135 on ABC. I think your monologue has been on fire. I'm talking about the last couple of years. It's been like, what the fuck? I mean, right? I mean, do you feel well, good about thanks. it? I, I, yeah, I yeah, feel I like feel, you just. I feel pretty I, good about it. I think we we have a nice. Um, I feel you're in the zone. I, I feel you're in the zone. Audience, we have like a half audience with um, masks on, which is just weird to look at. You know, it's it just doesn't <laughs> feel right. There's something, and people also, I feel like are are um, are uptight. You know, for a lot of them, I think it's the first time they're in a, a room with a lot of people. So that's been uh, an adjustment, but. Um, there's always stuff to talk about. Yeah, I always talk to Bill Maher about that. I because he goes, "Don't you miss a live audience?" And I go, "No, I love radio because there is no audience." But you guys all love that audience, and they're all sitting there. And I would imagine an audience filled with mask wearers, where you can't see them. Like it's like it's like performing in front of terrorists or something. It, it's got to yeah. be weird, you know? Yeah, it's like, um, it's like you're teaching a surgery class or something. Like everybody's looking on from in their medical masks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now today you'll learn to remove tonsils. Um. By the way, the whack pack did record yeah. questions for you. Oh, um, but you know, do you have time? I mean, we've been yeah, yakking I mean, it for two I'm just hours. Sitting in my house. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. Here, I'll do this. You don't have quick. to go to work today. Yeah, I do, but not till not for another hour or so. All right, I'll give oh. you a choice. Who do you want a question from first? Debbie, the cum lady. <laughs> oh God. You know she's the one who drinks cum because she needs it. <laughs> Ask Napkin Ed. I know he's a favorite of yours. Uh huh. King of all blacks always has questions. Uh huh. <laughs> Marianne from Brooklyn. Yes. High pitch Eric. 
Bobo, I've heard some of these questions. Uh, underdog ladies is particularly good because she just is really? not fucking around with you. And uh, wow, and when and Wendy, you know, they they all prepared questions for you. you I think we should you. close with Wendy because you know she's you know it's very yeah. special to me. But uh, hey, let's start with underdog. Sure. Okay. What do you yeah. think? I bet you'll get this right. What do you think Underdog's going to ask you? <laughs> I'm going to guess it has something to do with uh, wanting to appear on my show or being angry that I did not contact her about appearing on my show. Wouldn't it be a miracle if Jimmy got that right and it was both things? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Would you seriously consider my performing again uh, on your television show the way I did in 2006? I... I tried desperately writing and phoning you because um, 2014 was Underdog's 50th or golden anniversary. And uh, I was hoping you would have me appear again for that purpose, but you blew it. Well, first of all, let me just say something. When Jimmy had Underdog on... It was when he first started his late night show. He was up against Leno, Letterman, those kinds of things. And, 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 you know, when you first start a show, you can't get anybody to be on. So I'm sure that's why you had Underdog on. It was kind of funny. And, uh, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I think I was, I think I might have been more excited about that booking than you would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and from what I remember, it's difficult having underdog on, right? I mean, it's hard to make her, you don't want to, you don't want to be mean to her, but you know, and then she starts kind of droning on about Dracula and an underdog. It's, I, it's a, I didn't it's interview her. It was strictly a performance. Um, but I will say that, um, I believe that I'd best describe the audience as puzzled. <laughs> right. Yeah. Isn't that it funny? A good word for it. Didn't you in your mind say, you know what? This is going to put me on the map because when people see how quirky and weird this is, it's really going to it's going to it's going to catapult me into late night because you really believe underdog is so entertaining. It's like when I no. had the Channel 9 show, <laughs> I had a woman with no arms and legs and we could we could see the ratings. We could break them down by quarter hours. In the last quarter hour, I'm going to end with this woman, Celestine, who had no arms or legs. She's going to play the uh, piano with her with her mouth, her tongue. And she's going to sing the Star Spangled Banner. And I said to the, to, to the producer, I said, wait till you see the spike in the ratings. Wait till you see when Celestine plays that piano. It is going to be our highest rated show yet. Well, literally, we were doing great for three quarters of an hour. At that, when that woman came on, much to my shock, the entire audience tuned out. Like, no one wanted to see this. I couldn't believe it. And we even had a black curtain behind her, so her head looked like it was floating. I thought it was so fucking great, because I really was impressed that she could play the piano and sing at the same time, and she had no arms and legs. Yeah, sure. And, but no. why, why weren't you convinced that Underdog no, would get a bigger I was not convinced of that. I knew full well that no one would like it except for me, and then we did it anyway. I just Sometimes you have to do things for yourself. <laughs> selfishly did you get blowback from anyone at abc saying look you know if you're trying to get an audience what are you doing with this woman think... dancing around in an underdog costume at that point i don't think there was anyone watching i don't think anybody had the like kind of um fortitude to sit through that show every night i think they just kind of were like when if something bad happens we'll read about it in the news i gotta give you a couple of uh, facts note this okay underdog wants to go back on your show 
and mm-hmm. perform a 30-minute, 30 30-minute 30 Dracula dance and a 15-minute Dracula <laughs> fashion show. That's for real. Oh. We, 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 when we interviewed her, we found that out. Secondly, she wants to appear around Halloween as her original character, Spectrum the Ghost King. Oh. And she also told us she is sure that other guests have made multiple appearances on your show, so why can't she? So just be prepared, okay? She brings up some very good points. She does. We're actually, we're hoping to save it for Underdog's 75th. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love her. I do. I do love her. And if she was on your show, I would watch it anytime. Um, well, I right. mean, one night when you're tired, she's got 45 minutes for you. <laughs> Maybe she'd be a good guest host next summer. You know? Oh, I'd watch that. Please, please. Oh. If you ever want to end your career, just do it. Like, like, just, just do it and, and, and let it happen. Debbie the Cum Lady, I asked Napkin Ed, King of All Blacks, Marianne from Brooklyn, High Pitch Eric, Bobo, and Wendy. Go ahead. Are we going to do all of them? So are you asking me what uh, order? I don't or know. do you want me to pick the cherry pick? Cherry because I'm gonna have because... to go with Bobo. I have I have a soft spot for Bobo because I really think he puts a lot of thought into his questions. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hi, Jimmy. It's Bobo. Jimmy, you consider yourself an outdoorsman, and you love all types of fishing. With that said, have you ever had sex with Molly out in the wild? Your thoughts? Ooh, your Ooh, thoughts. That's your not thoughts. A... Have I you? Mean, of course not. No, no. Of course not. Right. You know what? I got to tell you, sex outside is very unappealing. It's horrible. I, I, my first, one of my first sexual experiences was outdoors. Like, like we tried to get it on outside and it was horrible. I mean, it, it, it just was, it, it's not fun. It's not funny. It's awful. Yeah. It's, it, it, especially you reach a certain age. It's like, ah, sex is good in the bed. The bed's a good place for sex. Anywhere you start, any novel place you start having sex, it, it, at a certain point, you go, okay, let's go to the bed. Yeah, right. Whether it you be do. the shower or whatever, it's like, okay, let's get to the bed. Yeah. I know early on in my, my romance with uh, Beth, I was always, uh, I was always intrigued with the idea that we would walk into a room and she would be standing up and I would take her from behind. And uh, I tried it. it. was very difficult. She's tall. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm awkward. And then she'd say, honey, let's just go into the bed. It's fine. Right. And, 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 and inevitably, you're right. Um, all right. You want to. Um, I love how Bobo seemed to know Jimmy. And he was saying, you're quite an outdoorsman. You know, you go fishing. <laughs> no, he's not. I was not. waiting for a list. Well, and he was yeah, like, it's fishing. fishing and That's fishing. It. <laughs> he goes, uh, you're quite the outdoorsman known for all types of fishing. <laughs> and I really There's only one type of fishing. One it's type fishing. of fishing. Why? Yeah. <laughs> um, you want Debbie the cum lady? You want sure? Uh, why not? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Jimmy. This is Debbie the cum lady. Jimmy, do you like having your ass played with? Do you like to have a finger up your ass, a tongue up your <laughs> ass, cum shoved up your ass, maybe a vibrator Ooh. up your ass? Mm. What about wow. that, Jimmy? You going for How any kind of any ass of play those on yourself? Things. Yeah, just go through the list. I she was better say, than Bobo. I, she had a list, at least, you know. <laughs> I've not experienced any of those things, so I, 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 uh, maybe I am, but I don't know because no one ever wants. For some reason, women are reluctant to put their tongue into the thatchet that is my ass. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> I love you, but I, I, you know, I don't know any woman who really wants to put their tongue up a guy's ass. I can't imagine. No. no. Um, anybody else you want? Yeah. Yeah, Debbie did come late. Yeah, well, I asked them. I mean, yeah. of course, you've got to close with Wendy, but I'll take any any question you you think. I'm kind of curious what um, 
You want high pitch or king of all blacks or Marianne? Oh, no, they're both. Yeah. Well, let's see what Marianne, because I always feel like Marianne doesn't really like me. I I, I don't know what it is exactly, but there's hmm. there's maybe it's. Oh, I know. Maybe this is part of it. Um, you were um, when we were doing the show in New York, um, oh, Marianne was very anxious to come. And then um, when we told her that you weren't going to be on this time around, she said, OK, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Of course, at the, in fairness, we were doing the show from Brooklyn where, uh, oh, wait, Marianne is from. She is we? from Brooklyn, right. yes. <laughs> Literally across the street. Okay, let's see what she has to say. Hi, Jimmy. It's me, Marianne from Brooklyn, and I want you to be totally honest. What's one quirk of Howard's that gets on your last nerve? Mm, that's a mm. good one. Come on, Jimmy. This is up. I know I get, on people's, I get on people's nerves. I do. No, I wouldn't say you get on my ner nerves. I would say that um, over the time that I've known you, the number of things that you think are fun have been whittled down basically to drinking hot water. I mean, it's like <laughs> we're and I, I feel like we're going to lose that eventually, too. <laughs> Jimmy, um, Jimmy, you know, everybody comes over. And like I said, we had the Fallons over and we, we had uh, uh, fun. And uh, everyone's <laughs> drinking and whatever they do. And I'm sitting there with a cup of hot water. Just <laughs> well, whatever they do. It makes it sound like we're the 86 Mets or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, you're drinking. They have <laughs> they these exotic drinking. drinks. You were drinking. And, uh, yeah. And, and doing heroin. Uh, you know. Yeah. But, right, no, of course. No, tied off. No, yeah. no, they didn't do any of those things. But but I'm saying, you know. I, I, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right about me. I can't imagine what you must think of me. You, 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 you see, I, I don't live it up. I'm not, uh, I think I'm, but I, I thought I was fun. I mean, drinking hot water is fun. You guys just haven't really understood the fun of it. All right. I don't know. Maybe one? I'll figure, I, maybe it'll appeal to me as I, as I mature. Good question, Marianne. Um, do you care about high pitch? King of all black? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which I mean, it's, this is going to be, Something involving high pitch, like um, masturbating to me, or mm. <laughs> yeah, that's what we guess. Hey, Jimmy, it's me, high pitch Eric. I have a question for you. Does it bother you that Howard hates Johnny Carson and he bashes him? And I know you're a talk show host, so I was wondering if that bothered you. You know, Eric's grandfather used to jerk off to Johnny Carson. <laughs> is that right? It's a family tradition. Um, no, that does not bother no. me, Eric. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't care about that, Eric. Stop. Why, and you should have just said you wanted to have sex with Jimmy. That's all. Um, all right. You want to get to... All right. Fuck it. Let's do Wendy. We, we've been Wendy. talking here for two and a half hours. That's on Wendy's okay. mind. All right. Here, let's hear. This is your, your girlfriend, Wendy. What do you think Wendy's going to ask you? I think you know exactly what she's going to ask. Well, you. there's always asking for money is always uh, or gifts is always a thing. <laughs> but I will say this. Wendy still, as far as I know, hasn't updated her Amazon um, wish list. It's still got some like Freddy Krueger DVD that I know she's not actually. She probably doesn't even have a DVD player. And it's time for a refresh, Wendy. But go ahead. Yeah, let's see if you're right. If it, Maybe you'll be right on both counts. Maybe she wants money and stuff uh, uh just some kind of wish list stuff let's see Kibble, kibble. is there any way you can buy me a 200 visa gift card to shop anywhere <laughs> by the way that cough of hers i think she first of all i don't think she's vaccinated and i do oh. think I, I again i don't know that for sure 
but I'm worried. And that cough I hear, I don't know. I'm really worried about her. I hope. How I about hope this? she is vaccinated. Wendy, if you get vaccinated, I'll get you a $500 Visa gift card is, that you that can you use do? anywhere. Wow. So go wow. get vaccinated and send, um, I don't know who's in charge of Wendy now, the, the proof. And then I will go on your Amazon and get that for you. Well, and now is it more fully vaccinated, recall. not just one shot? Fully, fully vaccinated. Yes. Fully vaccinated. Let me say that Jimmy Kim, Jimbo Kimball is. Yes. 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 What is that? You want her shaved? Yes. Vaccinated and shaved. <laughs> fully shaved. <laughs> he has fantasies that I can't even explain. I don't want to know. <laughs> In honor of uh, Jimmy and the fact that he has a wonderful documentary out, Once Upon a Time in Queens, which airs tonight and tomorrow at 8 o'clock on ESPN. In honor of that, uh, Gary Audiobook is on the phone who wants to talk about the 86 Mets as we close oh. out this segment. Yes, okay. Gary Audiobook, what do you have to say? Every year, my dad would take me and my brothers to Shea for the old-timers game, just the boys. Since the Mets didn't have any old-timers, they invited old Dodgers and New York Giants. We saw guys like Duke Snyder. My first game. Oh, all right, I got it. Listen, I can't take that book. <laughs> you didn't be get this me. before you did the documentary. I saw Jimmy dozing off. All right, Jimmy, obviously it, you're in Los Angeles. It is three hours earlier there. You've gotten up very, very early. I hope you go back to bed before you tape your wonderful uh, show. I think that ship has sailed. Unfortunately, what are you going to do? You're going to just go like right over to work? Yeah, I think the kids actually uh, probably just left for school and. Yeah, I'll go into work. Oh, Jesus. Well, maybe you take right. a little uh, little nappy uh, before the show. That's what I would yeah. do. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't really happen. <laughs> really? It's nonstop once we get going, yeah. Even with no your, room for your, nap. Jimmy has this fabulous uh, illness. He's like narcoleptic, which means uh, he likes to fuck dead people. No, that's something else. He <laughs> likes to, he can fall asleep at the drop of a hat. And I would think you could just uh, do that and then and, and catch a little... Uh, I could, but the monologue will be four minutes long, so I'm going to have to go into work today. Um, Jimmy, you've done it again. You impress us. Well, thanks for having me. I loved it. I love having you here. You make it easy. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, some guests do not make it easy, but Jimmy Kimmel always makes it easy. He's not even like a guest. It's like a guy I can just catch up with because I know him so well. And I'm honored to be your friend, Jimmy Kimmel Live, weeknights, 11.35 on ABC. And more importantly, once upon a time in Queens, you heard him uh, talking about those 86 Mets. It's wild. Can't wait to see it. It sounds like an amazing Jimmy, effort no. to show how athletes can do all that stuff and still win. It's tonight and tomorrow at 8 yeah. o'clock on ESPN, and you got to watch it. It's amazing. and. Uh, before you go, Jimmy, the, the Mildred is on the phone. She's upset that you didn't include her in the documentary on the 86 Mets. She says, oh. how did you? Yeah. Mildred, what did you have to do with the 86 Mets? Hi. I had really great stories. I sucked off all of the 86 <laughs> Mets in the dugout back in 1987. They called my cunt the dugout because the whole team could fit inside of it at the same time. She would have been great because here's oh, a woman yes. who had sex with everybody. And, She's uh, very, this sounds very much in like between, Blue Iris. Yeah. yeah. In between the innings, they needed to oil up my cunt like an old caster's mitt. <laughs> okay, honey. Well, uh, maybe my you'll be body, in the next documentary. <laughs> my body was treated like an all-you-can-eat buffet.
<laughs> All right. Uh, oh. Oh, good old Mildred. 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 <laughs> you, Nobody I love mentioned Mildred when you were working. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nobody we, did. The, no, no. We that's the Mildred. one thing. Mildred's the one thing missing from the documentary. All right. <laughs> but by the way, Gary remembers her. He he saw her. Uh, okay. Listen, Jimmy, thanks, man. And uh, we'll be watching Thank you, you tonight. And of Love course, you guys. The documentary. Love you. Love, Love you, Robin. Nice to meet you, Jimmy. Bye, Jimmy. Hi, Fred. Hi, my Fred. <laughs> Fred's asleep. He, uh, he doesn't work past 10 o'clock. Uh, leave him alone. I don't want to cut All off right. his uh, Jimmy's time. Right. Tell Molly I said hi. Thank you. But, I will. And by the way, not only was I with Jimmy over the summer, I actually called Fred to see how he was doing. <gasps> wow. Ooh. Were you on the track? I, nope. I called him from my home. I said, you know what? I'm going to call this fucking Fred and uh, establish some kind of communication with him. And we had a great conversation. Right, Fred? It was beautiful. We must do it again in another 10 years. Right. That's a scoop. <laughs> yeah. I will talk about that tomorrow. All I right, think Jimmy, the Mets thanks. will win the World Series again before we have that conversation. <laughs> there was nothing awkward about it, actually. <laughs> actually not. It was nice. It was beautiful. Can't wait. You should have been out of that, Jimmy. Actually, Jimmy was uh, sitting maybe, and listening on the other line. He wanted to see what it's on. Maybe next summer. That would be fun. Be some, be give fun. me something to look forward to. All right, Jimmy. All right. Uh, Get vaccinated, Wendy. Yep, you bet. Okay. 500 bucks. All right. All right, later. Well, there you go. Jimmy Kimmel from Jimmy Kimmel Live. What a guy. I love him. I love him. Love him. Kimmel I love Molly. Kimmel. Do you think, uh, when is, is somebody going to inform her of the offer that was made? Has she heard it? Oh, was she yes. listening? We, now, I don't, everyone listens to this show, so you don't have to worry about that. But yes, we will inform. I her just as want well. to make sure she doesn't miss it, and then I want to know her response. Right. Well, that was fun. But good all to good see things. Jimmy, Jimmy looks good, and it was fun talking to him. We had a fun time when he was here, but no more fun for me uh, now with the uh, new uh, variant. I've shut down. That's it. Back in hiding. Jimmy made it through the window. He really did. He came in through the bathroom window. <laughs> Protected by, I forget. Um, a silver spoon. Oh, right. What does that mean? I always thought that was a heroin reference. And I don't oh. know what she came in through the bathroom window. Protected by a silver spoon. Sunday's on the phone to Monday. Tuesday's on the phone to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> mm, the heroin reference very good robin's a lot deeper than me uh you know not really no you are <laughs> no you're definitely smarter in music but that was one of those songs that i analyzed when i was young yeah jimmy's a lot of fun though i mean i know i'm not but he seems to Enjoy being But he can you. enjoy you. That's the yeah. great thing. He doesn't want you to be any different than you are. Yeah. And so you don't feel any pressure. Yeah, everyone's amazed. <laughs> we don't know too many people can enjoy me as I am. I usually have to put on a facade. <laughs> the other day I was sitting with my wife and she said, I said, I'm going to go meditate. She goes, oh, don't go. I'm enjoying you. And I went, really? Okay. Well, I'm going to stay here then if someone's enjoying me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen a lot. 
<laughs> that really happened Surprise. by the way. Make, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was a shock to you. I don't mind bragging a little. I don't think my parents ever enjoyed me. That's why I now, find it hard to believe. I don't think that's true. I think your mother enjoyed you for sure. Mm. And I think you just couldn't recognize your father enjoying anything. <laughs> you really think he enjoyed me? He just he didn't I want do, to... I do. Yeah. He didn't want it to go to my head. <laughs> Shut up. Sit down. Right. He had anyway, a different way of showing it. Well, Robin, we should get out of here. It's already after 11. It's my lunchtime. I eat lunch at 11, so I got to go. All right. All right. It was a great show. Great show. And then tomorrow we'll do another great show. It's going to be so okay. much fun. All right. See you then.